fourth episode and today is one of my favorite days of all year yeah uh you're gonna be hearing this later on but we're recording this on halloween so happy Happy halloween Halloween. uh we hope that yours was wonderful since it's going to be passed like i just said yeah you know whether whether you're into tricks or treats either way uh we hope you enjoy it and uh hopefully you watched a a good horror flick or two so yeah we were i'm ready to to get into what we watched have you gotten any in yet um, actually, I have. I got a few in. Um, the last one that I watched actually was last night. I watched uh, Evil Dead Two. Nice. Came home, watched Always it. Uh, yeah, I watched that. Um, like I said, including the one that we're about to discuss. I watched that. Um, uh, you know, it, it's ironic now because I've mentioned it, but I I tend to find that Night of the Demons comes on like Stars or Encore, right? Kind of frequently now. So uh, I've seen that a few times. But yeah, that's kind that's kind of been in the mix of what I've seen lately. How about nice. yourself? Uh, you know, uh, I actually, the I, I feel like Halloween kind of snuck up on me a little bit this year. Uh, I didn't put as much preparation to it, into it as I normally do. Yeah, it has, uh, it has been a, a fast year, I feel like. it's This year it's flown by. But uh, a lot of that time was took up with getting this online, and I feel like that was Halloween-worthy in itself. You know, I, I think that's, uh, that's a great way to, to express it. Because, you know, you did. You've put a lot of hard work in. But I did get... Uh, well, I mean, by the episode, they know we're doing Phantasm already. We don't have to do yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have to. So I did watch Phantasm, uh, and this morning I did wake up, and I made sure that I felt at least a little bit Halloween-y, and I got myself some Count Chocula, Yummy. and I sat back... And I watched Deathgasm for the first time. That's a great flick. And uh, one that's from New Zealand. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a great uh, movie. I'm really glad I finally got around to watching it. I think I think you might have recommended it to me. I may have. Uh, I'm pretty sure at least one other person that we work with did too. But I, I know at least a few people recommended it to me. Yeah. And what, what finally sealed it though was a couple weeks ago I went to this concert while I'm sitting there in line. This this random old metalhead, who didn't look like a metalhead. Like right. he he looked like a random like old forty, fifty, early sixties suburbia. Gotcha. Just just yeah, and a kind of average sixty year old. Right. Except for he was wearing you know the denim jacket and he had a bunch of patches on and they were pretty. I was like I was impressed. I was like yeah, okay, he's this put his, he's put dude's his legit. In. But otherwise, like he looked like he should be like I don't know fucking. Not there. Yeah, exactly. Probably at home, chillaxing. Shopping at Target. Yeah, yeah, Something, exactly. dude. I, I don't know. But he just makes some random small talk with me in line. And he's looking, and I'm wearing my Trivium shirt. And he's like, oh, man, have you seen the movie Deathgasm? He's like, dude, one of the guys has a Trivium patch. And he's got a bunch of the posters up in his room and shit. I don't know if any of their music's in it, but there's a bunch of fucking metal in it and shit. And <laughs> you should watch it. You'd get fucking down to it, dude. And I'm like, all right. Nail in the coffin. So yeah, like, I finally like, got just, it out of the way. This one morning. more person let you know, hey, the universe is talking to you. Right. I was like, yeah, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds like a great day to start off, man. With uh, you got some Count Chocula. Right. Yeah, some Deathgasm. And I, I, at some point tonight, I'm going to watch at least one more movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I am as well, and I'll go ahead and, and say, uh, say that 
Um, last night, I was hanging out with my brother-in-law and my, my sister, etc. We usually have dinner. Uh, but one of the movies he's never seen, and I'm really looking forward to watching tonight, is Eraserhead. Nice. Um, like I said, I'm a huge Dave Lynch fan. Uh, he spent some time here in Missoula. Yeah, that's uh, and true. if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I believe he used to stay at the Wilma Theater itself. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big enough Lynch fan to know that, but I've I've definitely heard these things as well. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, staying here and uh, you know moving here and and getting to kind of you know see what uh, Zoo Town's all about. It's a it's a cool little piece of, of history and and uh, tying it back into David Lynch. So yeah, we're gonna right. watch a racer here tonight. I'm looking nice. forward to it. That's cool. Um, I haven't decided yet, though. Uh, Deathgasm does have me thinking possibly yeah. Dead Alive. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. It's very Love much it. in the same vein, so maybe yeah. just keep that theme going. But uh, I might, I'm not sure, though. I might do Devil's Rejects. It's also a great movie. And I'm or House of a Thousand Corpses. I love those both. I usually do those both around Halloween, and yeah, I haven't I watched believe. either of them recently. So, well, yeah, that'd be a good way to you know kick uh, kick into Halloween. So why not, man? I think all three movies, either way you go, it's a good direction. And maybe not. I might just pick something random on Netflix too. So we'll yeah, see. Why not? Maybe maybe I'll tell you guys next time. I'll probably have forgotten by then. That's okay. But you know, whatever. Yeah, no, we'll have fun with it. Anyway, as we pointed out. Uh, this week we are doing Phantasm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say right now, uh, Phantasm. Uh, not only does it hold a place in my heart, um, it is it's absolutely one of it my. It holds all... a place in your scrot. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it gives me tingles. Uh, but no, I like I said, I'll say Phantasm is, is one of my all-time favorite horror movies franchises. Um, like I said, just another one of those movies watching growing up that. Uh, kind of made me. Uh, I think the the anticipation, the intensity of the movie, um, is what that's what I, I kind of enjoyed about horror movies growing up. It's just having that little tension. Right. No. I this is one that I've I've greatly admired for quite a while. Uh, I realized while rewatching it that it had been longer since I had seen it than I than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, there was. There's a lot of parts that I was fuzzy on, but there's definitely stuff that I was like, oh my god, this is why I loved this. Like, this oh, is so yeah. good. This is so cool and so trippy. Uh, and let's just start getting into it further by jumping straight into the yeah. guts and bolts. I'm ready. Guts and bolts. All right, so Phantasm. I don't have. I don't actually have many notes on the guts That's and bolts okay. of it because uh, I knew how much you loved this movie. Yeah, and uh, I knew that you were going to come loaded with this shit. You're right. Uh, I did. I came stacked. I, I brought a full deck with me, uh, and, and like I said, you, you you pointed out it's because I really do love this movie, and uh, I wanted to give it some justice, you know, because I feel like it's one of those movies that kind of you either know about it or you don't, and if you do know about it, you're probably a real big fan. Um, so with without further ado, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that um, yeah, I took some good technical notes. I wanted to get some thorough notes to give our viewers, our listeners. Uh, an idea of what this film's about. And like I said, do it some justice. So going into that, um, Phantasm is a film that was released in 1979, although it was filmed in 77. Um, okay. It got copyrighted in 77. But typically with films, if they're not picked up real quick. You know, they sit on the shelves. Um, so oh, this so one didn't really just... get distributed until a few years later. Gotcha. Yeah, so with, with that being said, uh, New Breed Productions was the, the company that actually uh, produced the film. Um, they had you know tons of distributors who who released them on various formats, whatever. But uh, this is actually the company that picked them up and put the film okay. on. Um, yeah, and so the release date uh, for this film was in the, the States 
uh, on June 1st, 1979. Most of the filming was done in California, kind of like in L.A., certain parts of the valley, um, I think certain scenes in Oakland. Um, like yeah, so some yeah, of some yeah. yeah Oakland you know Smokeland <laughs> uh, yeah and, and then uh, like I so said one of my favorite directors too for not only for this film but another film I'll mention in just a second is uh, Don Coscarelli he actually he directed and wrote the film right um, Coscarelli and me go back as well quite a ways but not because of this movie yeah I think I know what movie you might be bringing up I hope I do I love me some Beastmaster there you go exactly man how can you I not love, love Beastmaster? me some Beastmaster yeah I mean I, his sidekicks were two ferrets that's the I mean I mean he it, was it's going to happen at some point I am going to have ferrets named Kodo and Poto man you got to that's if, if that's if it's, you get two happening. ferrets yeah well, I mean yeah come on that's happening so right now Maybe unoriginal. I don't care. Fuck yeah, you guys. I'm I, having two ferrets named Kodo and Poto. I feel like that's another film, like I said, either you, you know about it or you have no idea about it. But if you know about it, you're probably a fan. And if you know about it, you probably made sure to rewatch it the like oh, 20 times they would play it a year back yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. Fucking TBS, the yep. Beastmaster station. Yeah, dude, exactly. Exactly. Fucking I mean, HBO. Hey, Beastmaster's on. Beastmaster's on. You know, and what I liked about that time period, too, you were also given a heavy doses of Conan. Barbarian That's and true. things like that too. So they were keeping it fresh with those kind of characters. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I definitely I I watched a shit ton of Beastmaster when I was film. young. Uh, so me and Coscarelli go back mostly because of that. I did oh, see yeah. Phantasm, of course, uh, and then later on, uh, fucking Bubba Hotep is amazing. Oh man, you know, and that has uh, one of my favorite actors in it as well, but Bruce Campbell. Everybody, it should be one of everybody's favorite actors. He's he's so Bruce iconic. Yeah, when I think of horror films, there's you know there's certain actors who portray certain characters that are always going to be iconic, and and his role in Ash and Evil Dead, I mean that's that's a, that's a classic role, man. So yeah, that's a great film. I mean, really, honestly, I mean, how many? I don't think Coscarelli has all that many directing credits. Not, does not he? a whole lot. Not a but whole lot. When you're knocking it out of the park like that. Yeah, I mean, there. I'm pretty sure he doesn't mind taking a little vacation here and there. With like I said, the the films that he has, you know, put out. I mean, they're great. And then, so past Coscarelli, well, I believe Coscarelli also did, like, most of the shit for this movie. Oh, yeah, he like, put, he he put his due direct. diligence in. No, he he was behind the scenes for a lot of this, whether it was, you know, setting up props and, you know, uh, you, you name it. I mean, it could be costumes, etc. He even had his mom involved I mean, in the film a lot. He was editor on it, I believe, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Um, nah, this was, he, his, he went His fingerprint and his, you know, his blood and sweat are all over this. Yeah, so, you know, with that as well, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot more technical de- details outside of the fact that uh, that the budget for this film was super low budget. And, you know, and you and I have talked about uh, wanting to do a little bit more higher budget films. But because this movie is, is you know, such a, uh, an iconic and classic movie, um, the budget for this was only $300,000. And uh, they they grossed almost $12 million. It was like right at $11.9 million, give or take, you know. Uh, so they they made a pretty decent profit off of this, and uh, I think one of my favorite taglines for a film is uh, if this one doesn't scare you, then you're already dead. So yeah, you know, nice. it's like it, it's I like, yeah, that. I like that a lot, man. That kind of it, it already gives you like what, you know. Let's see what this is about. Besides Don Coscarelli, yeah, the other iconic thing that this film brings us is the character of the tall man. Tall man, yeah, no portrayed doubt. by Angus Scrim. Yeah, he's he's great, you know, and. Uh, I can't. I can't think of an, any other person who would fill that role as a tall man. I, I, there's no other person I can think of. Right. Well, and I mean, 
honestly, Angus Grimm kind of sounds like the name of a bad guy in a horror movie anyway. Yeah. Angus Scrim. Yeah, yeah I that, like it. It sounds mean. It sounds like he's already coming for you yeah. in a cemetery. It, it, it has a, a certain creep factor to it, that name, that Angus Scrim. And he looked it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Throughout the whole film, you know, if, if you met him in person, um, not knowing who he was behind the film... You'd have the heebie-jeebies, no doubt about it. But he would probably, I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of a really happy-go-lucky person, you know. And, and unfortunately for us, um, he passed away earlier this year as well. Which uh, was part of the influence on doing this one. Yeah, We said it, that we weren't going to necessarily do too many tributes. No, but, but I, like, so this is one that I, I watch probably, you know, up until this, up until this recent viewing. I'll watch it several times a year. I mean, I've got it in... In my stash, you know, ready to go and come out whenever it's ready to play. So, yeah. Well, and I, if I remember correctly, like, even before we talked about doing a podcast, we talked about trying to do something when Ravager finally came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it just recently just came out as well. So not only, you know, is it a good way to pay tribute to the, the Phantasm original, but the entire uh, franchise itself. Uh, because now it's just, you know, it's, it's wrapping up. This yeah, is this, this is, is it. It's capped off now. Angus, like as you pointed out, unfortunately passed. But he was uh, involved with the film itself. I mean, he was. This film came out this year, but it had already been filmed several years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, just finally, I, I you know get picked up to put out. So uh, it, it's it's. I'm glad it came out this time of year. Right. So this, I mean, this is really for both of that. Like, yeah. And uh, they just put out a remastered. I, I didn't yeah. watch it, unfortunately. I haven't I, seen it either, not yet. I, uh, I planned on getting it, and then... Life gets in the way. It didn't happen. But uh, they did just put out a remastered yeah. first one, Phantasm, the one that we're discussing today. Oh, yeah. J.J. Uh, Abrams is a huge fan of this he movie. Is. He certainly was is. heavily involved in making sure that that happened uh, correctly. So now there's full HD. And uh, I'm sure completely beautiful. Oh, yeah. Could you, yeah, exactly. Restoring... Uh, this film from its original, um, and like I said, having somebody like J.J. Abrams involved, and um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Uh, I was actually reading a little bit about this, but because he's a fan of this film, he used um, a character in Star Wars Seven: uh, The Force Awakens. I think it was uh, like a Captain Phasma was a character, and he oh. named it because of Phantasm. Uh, so, he, so that was a little ode. To his... So Bran of Tarth is named Captain Phasma because of Phantasm. There you I go. have no idea because yeah, that's see? amazing. That's awesome. And see that that's another piece of um, movie trivia that I, I that I enjoy because it's it's starting to fill in the blanks or fill in the gaps. That's really cool. I yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, I would. All right. So I would say that for people who are who are uh, familiar with, like I said, Don Coscarelli's films, yeah, maybe some films from that time period, like those late seventies films. If you're familiar with Halloween. And, uh, you know, stuff of that nature, you know, what, regardless of what it is, this film fits right into that because it's, um, uh, it's not really violent. It's not violent. It's not, not gory. extremely. There's no, I mean, there's, 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 scenes there's where one scene where it goes a bit, bit nuts. So with the violence. Yeah. But if you can get through that, you're pretty good on the violence. Yeah. I, I feel like it's pretty tame. I mean, compared to what we see these days. Yeah. There's a little bit of boobs. Oh, there's definitely boobs, but it's nice boobs. Yeah. 
And so if you have a problem with that, maybe don't watch this. Yeah, if, you, if you're sensitive to a little bit of nudity, a little bit of language. There's a little bit of language. But overall, this movie really isn't all that bad, to be honest. No. It's, you know, it's um, pretty tame. But, I mean, there, the boobs are there. There is language there. Yeah. There's a little bit of gore there. Like, there's a little there's bit. There's a little bit of everything, but it's not a lot of everything. But no, it's not something that's over the top or distasteful. It's It fits for what the film's about. You mm-hmm. know? Um, little little piece of interesting trivia, too. Like said, this film... All kinds of little side nuggets, uh, but this film was originally going to get an NC seventeen rating oh, wow. uh, because there's a scene that we're going to cover um, that almost gave it that rating. But there was a a film critic who watched the film at a festival, and he enjoyed the film so much, and he knew that that scene didn't have any significance for the rest of the film. Right. And he talked to uh, some of the people who were involved in the ratings board, and he he talked them down from an NC seventeen rating. To an, oh, wow. a more friendly R rating, right? Because uh, NC seventeen, it was like death knell. Get seen, yeah. yeah. It was a death knell in the, in the film industry. If you got that, oh, you, still to you, this day, it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. exactly. It, it's unfortunate because uh, you know I, I, I can understand certain ratings, you know, up to a up to a degree, but um, to give to give a film a death knell before it even gets a, a chance, um, that's you know I, I feel like that's totally unfair but regardless this film almost got an nc-17 rating and we mm-hmm. probably would well, not have seen, seen it. it yeah so i mean thank goodness that that uh, uh film critic was there to review this exactly. film yeah so uh with that being said like i said i feel like this film is for those who even if you want to jump into the horror genre i feel like this would be a good yeah, this film is a to good start one off. this is i mean this kind of fits as you kind of pointed out towards the beginning of this little this little we're talking about right now so this kind of fits into like the halloween the all the classics it's just like the kind of weirder cousin yeah exactly it's, it's not quite as straightforward yeah it, it had some had some weird stuff going on i mean some like supernatural sci-fi-ish kind of stuff going right. on. right but it's still right in the vein to these these other these no other doubt. classic figures that you've seen growing up with your your chuckies your freddies your everybody else yeah, tall man a, fits in yeah exactly he's one of those those characters that Fits right in, like so, with the Freddy Kruegers, the Jasons, the Michael Myers, you name it, Chucky's, etc. You throw him right in there, and he's easily recognizable if you're familiar with these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if if you're okay with those, you'll be okay with this. Yeah, this this should be a walk in the park. Um, if if you have younger ones, I'd I'd say probably not let them watch this. Even though I watched this when I was way too young to really, you know, um, understand the full content. But I enjoyed it so much because, like I said, when I was growing up, the films that kind of gave me those rushes, that that tension, I enjoyed it. But it didn't mm-hmm. give me nightmares. It didn't, you know, frighten me. It's just, just I wet had, dreams. Maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, but you know, it just it, it helped me kind of understand that those films are available, and if I want that kind of, you know, that dopamine or whatever, mm-hmm. that adrenaline rush dump. As a kid, like I was gonna look, I was a thrill seeker at that age. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'd say at this point, some kids are, they're probably too spacey to really, you know, sit through this film and understand what it's about. So I'd say let avoid that for them. And if you don't like these kind of films, avoid it as well. But right. give it a gander if not. All right. Well, with that, I mean, let's just dive into it. With I'm that, ready. In that yeah. case, and we'll just we're, we'll plod yeah. along through this. I movie. could gush all day about this film, but I'm no, ready. Let's, to it. let's do this. Let's uh, let's find out how did that make us squeal. How does that make you squeal? Okay, so Phantasm, and like I said, this is a movie, you, you got to keep in mind that this movie came out 
Um, late 70s, uh, 77 was a good year because Star Wars came out th- that year. Uh, but with, with that being said, uh, the film leads into, um, you see the, the red phantasm comes across the screen. Classic. Yeah. It's a horror looking. Very, I mean, for all you new young hep cats, yeah. uh, very close to like kind of what Stranger Things. Exactly. So it's that, logo, that title that, is giving that you. That sort of style. Yeah. It's giving, it's, it's already. Um, kind of, you know, grasping your your uh, your attention. It's grabbing your attention by giving you this red phantasm across a black screen. Um, you kind of get this this eerie, creepy music that comes in. Um, you see uh, a mansion kind of come to the forefront. Right, that dude. That place is huge. Huge. Oh man, I wanted that place. Could you imagine throwing a party in that place? Fuck yeah, dude. Especially cemetery car. Right? right. Oh man. Oh, it, it'd be the the graveyard smash. Yeah. <laughs> You know, anyway, yeah, you know, we're having fun with it, but yeah, so so yeah, you you get the title screen, you get that creepy music that comes in, you see this big mansion kind of you know in the, in the distance a little bit, uh, and then you then you kind of see this uh, this kind of you know wow wow going down. Yeah, uh, some people yeah. getting freaky. Yeah, I mean already, so you you're going from like you know oh this is creepy to like oh hold on wait a minute wait wait all right okay I'm digging this you know so yeah so you see. Um, you see uh, a lady's legs, presumably. Hear kind of a little bit of moan going on. Well, you know, well, you know, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, at this point, we're introduced to uh, two characters. They're very important characters in the film. I want to say most of, not all, the characters in this film are. They have very crucial parts in this film throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're introduced to what I what I wrote down in my notes is Lady and Lavender, and um, one of our first main characters. Oh no! Actually, not a not a main character, but he does play an important part. Is Tommy? Tommy. Yeah, they're, they're I missed that his name was Tommy for a bit, but it was always evident when people were talking about yeah. it anyway. So I was exactly. Never yeah, like, later who? on the film, we know exactly like, no, who he is. Yeah. Yeah, but it, this this character is Tommy, and uh, yeah, he he and uh, Lady and Lavender making out in the cemetery. You know, kind of getting hot and heavy, whatnot. And um, yeah, so at this point, the, the Lady and Lavender kind of props up. She's got what a dagger right. knife. Boom, you know, sticks him. She's got, she's got, she gutted him. Um, well, they did finish first. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> you know, because she, I made sure she, to write. She's down, not an easy lady. Come on now. I made sure to write down that it seemed like he almost fell directly asleep. Yeah, yeah. He was good to go. He's um, like, that was amazing. He was, you know, as as you would famously say, he's coming and going at the same That's time. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So he's, you know, he's. Like we said, he's coming and going at the same time. But then uh, um, an eerie part in the film happens right off the bat is you start seeing the lady in Lavender and uh, the, what, at this point we don't know who this guy is. Right. Um, I mean, we know who this We guy know is. who he is. But if you have not seen this film before, um, it's just a an older gentleman, creepy guy, just kind of switching faces. With with the chick. With the chick, with the hot chick. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's attractive. Um yeah, so at that point, uh, you go from that, like I said, having that face swap going on, um, and then this we see what it what it's at this point. It's what uh, Morningside, the the cemetery. So this is right. happening inside of a cemetery at this point. Morningside seems like an ominous name to me for some reason. Yeah, Morningside. I thought of that right off the right off the bat. I'm like, if you're if you're in a movie, you don't want to play, be in a place called Morningside no, it, because that just ups your chances of being in a horror movie. You know, that's a, it's a good point. And uh, on a on a side note here, um, growing up, there were a lot of Morningside churches and different places where I was growing up. So that mm-hmm. has a different 
tie back into it. Oh, but okay. I find interest is eerie and creepy now. Anyhow, uh, so oh, yeah, I'm morning bad. side You're is like, a very morning side. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't want to be in either one if I had the option. Right, so Morningside, we see that that's what it is. Exactly. So uh, from that point, we go into the next scene. Um, this is, like I said, where we're, where we're starting to get introduced to the, the iconic, what I would consider iconic characters in these franchises. Um, we're introduced to uh, Reggie and Jody. Reggie's terrible hair. Yeah, Reggie. Reggie, at this point in Reggie's uh, life, he's what you think maybe early 40s maybe somewhere in I mean, his 30s he, well that's 40s. the thing he looked like he might have been 30s and just unfortunately yeah going a little bit bald prematurely that's true man uh you know but like i said he was rocking it regardless um, right yeah no good for him just it he was still living that yeah he was living that rock and roll lifestyle man he was he was all about it um uh, but yeah and good on you if you're rocking that hair you know it just i it looks kind of unfortunate to me yeah it's um, at least it's, on him it's yeah. Maybe I mean, you're rocking it better. That's true. I mean, you know, everybody has different styles, man. But mm-hmm. for whatever reasons, Reggie was rocking that that do, man. He was rocking it, and you know, I'll, I'll give him credit. Uh, from this film all the way through Ravager, because I have seen parts of Ravager. I haven't finished it, but I've seen parts of Ravager. He's still rocking it, man. He's... Good on him. Good on him. I, I'm surprised he still has it. Yeah, I mean, likewise. But you know, it shows he's he and. Uh, you know that that duo are persevering, man. Good on him. Good yeah, on him. Big anyway. ups. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. we see Reggie and Jody. <laughs> yeah, Reggie and Jody at this point are uh, they're discussing Tommy, the the character that we were just introduced that got stabbed by the lady in lavenders. And you know, yeah. um, so they're they're discussing it, but um, their their recollection, or at least the story that they've been told, was that it was a suicide. Suicide. Yeah, and um, you know they're talking about how unfortunate it was because. Uh, we learned that they're musicians, and it's kind of like, you know, that's a fucked oh. up way to break up the band. Right, right. <laughs> Thanks, exactly. Tommy. And I was like, how the fuck did they tell them it was a fucking suicide? Yeah, how was would they like, know? My note is like, what the shit? Like, you suicide. Know, yeah, especially if you, if you you know, you stab in the gut. I mean, that's that's a hard way to go out, man. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, so, anyway, somebody convinced them it was suicide. Yeah, uh, so so at that point, you like, so we have that discussion with, with Jody and Reggie talking about Tommy's suicide. Or what appeared to them to be the suicide, and um, Jody enters uh, the mausoleum part of, of the really house, nice the funeral home. home, and they did a good job. And from what I understand, the the scenes that we see that mausoleum, most of it wasn't the marble. It was like uh, I think it was like cardboard they were using, oh, okay. and they were using this finishing. Um, I don't know if it was a paint or some kind of um, you know like a stick them kind of substance they could put on there but um yeah they they weren't marble really they were just uh looked like marble but they did a damn good job i wouldn't have known any different no uh the tiling of course you know it could have been but uh the columns and everything else was not no uh there was a lot of busts and stuff yeah i mean it looked it it was it was nice you know yeah no it was cool i liked it yeah it was a place that you know if i ever went to it it feel feel like it was nice but Creepy as shit, man. Right. As soon as he entered that mausoleum part, though, what I instantly started thinking, just because it wasn't all that long ago, was like, maybe you should just team up with Montag. Yeah. Install a body shoot in this mausoleum. Man, if Montag teamed up with what we know as a tall man at this point, man, can you imagine the business they'd, they'd Dude, keep running? Montag oh, just... The gruesome... Red gruesome. fade, body shoot. Man, yeah, he... Uh, I would put this away. Montag would keep those bodies pumping for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they'd have a, a you know on an infinite loop. 
Yeah, exactly, because you wouldn't know if it was real or not anyhow, so, you know. This movie also, maybe you don't know what's real or not sometimes. Yeah, you know, and that's a good part, because I think it takes um, multiple views to really kind of understand that that aspect of the film, because it's not really, um, you know, something that's readily understandable. Like, you don't really get the feel that first time through, whether, you know, you're watching something that's, really going on or if this is somebody's imagination especially a couple of little cuts and we'll get to those here yeah exactly more. but with that you know like i said without giving too much away you, you're not really you're not really sure the first i would imagine first time through understanding that aspect of the film cool so we're in the mausoleum yeah we're in the mausoleum so it looks all good like we said montag that'd be brilliant yeah exactly but we were talking about montag so he, he's going and he's trying to find a very specific spot it seems like exactly he's in the mausoleum and um like I said, he's he's looking. I guess they have like um, caskets in certain slots or whatnot. Right. Uh, but he walks up to uh, to his parents. Um, if I'm not saying it was his dad's. Um, yeah, his his dad's tomb at the mausoleum. You know, like I said, it's really it's, it's like I said, it's nice. I mean, everything about it is really polished, really clean, really mm-hmm. nice. You know, and from that point. Um, you know, I, I kind of like to see what you have to say a little bit about it too. You know, well, the, the biggest thing at that point was like, okay, it's obvious he's looking for somebody specific. Okay, yeah. cool, quick cut of the names doesn't really mean too much to me at this point. Yeah, you but really don't you, know. But then you start cutting back to the actual graveyard, and there's the kid on the motorcycle doing yeah. wheelies through the middle. Of yeah, it he's kind of he's he's cutting it through, and uh, it reminded me a little, uh, just a tiny bit of the film The Bad News Bears with the kid. Oh right, who's you know ripping up. It's just because they're riding dirt bikes and they're ripping it up. So you know, kind of yeah, kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But he just starts uh, he just starts ripping ripping through the graveyard. Yeah, I'm like okay. It's kind of dick move, but whatever. I mean, yeah, because you know, they don't give a shit, but if, if other people care, if like, you have if you have a little bit of moral fiber, you probably wouldn't do it there. There's other places where you can rip it up at. But yeah, he, he like I said, he he's he's on his dirt bike. It, it starts to die on him. It kind of he's he's riding through it. Right. And it starts to cog down on him, and uh, he's trying to like he's trying everything to do to get it crunk, crunk back up. Uh, it's just not working, man. You know, and then uh, I think he sees are like these these little creature things are kind of scattering through right, you hear the sound mostly. You know, like, that's what i wrote down. yeah i mean it's 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 one of those noises that if you heard yeah i don't think i'd stick around to kind of no, figure out i'm like no nah, i'm gonna let that one go i'm not sure what that is but it sounds yeah. kind of hungry if it's making that noise i'm good i'm good on that shit so yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna stay for the for the treat man i don't want to be the treat so yeah no good but yeah he 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 hears those noises and we're not sure if he sees it but we see kind of scattering of these small figures in between the head uh tombstones right and we get cuts back into the mausoleum yeah it goes back uh and this was the first part where the score really started standing out to me i made sure to put that in the notes yeah because the score is it's really it's well beautiful done. throughout it i love the the score in this movie the more i listened to it through, as it went throughout yeah and you had mentioned earlier if you like uh kind of the 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 main title the way it it comes in um, there's a lot of synthesizing music on that mm-hmm. in the soundtrack, so what people will be familiar with those those synth sounds as well because it it builds that tension, that right. anticipation. So yeah, it's it's something that it triggers an emotion in you that that you become familiar with. But then Jody starts hearing those same sounds in the mausoleum. He does really eerie, like I said, she's a kind of scattering, kind of weird sound. Yeah, and this you know, like I said, if you don't watch this film a whole lot, it can kind of sneak up on you because. Uh, at that point, the tall man comes in behind yep. Jody and just kind of grabs him by the shoulder, and it, it can make you jump a little bit. Yeah, exactly, 
And he's, like I said, he has really ominous, real eerie, creepy, man. Just looks like a mortician, though. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, you, I mean, he looks creepy, he appeared out of nowhere, and you'd already seen his fla- face flash once. But he fits right So you know right something now. weird is going on. But yeah. funeral's about to begin. Like, there's nothing inherently otherwise creepy about it. No, it's he's just it's just the be. fact that he his his figure, his his domain is, yeah, it's very ominous so, at this point. I mean... Tall man for a reason too. Motherfucker yeah. sort of towers over Jody. Like, oh, he's he's a monster. But you know something that that was really cool about this film too is, uh, if if you watch it and you pay kind of close, more technical watching, um, is that uh, Jody Bill Thornberry was actually almost as tall as the Tall Man. So he, he there had were a, a couple scenes where I noticed that. For yeah, sure. so they had to do you know kind of like the depth trick where the Tall mm-hmm. Man has to stand behind him to to make it look like Jody is shorter, but it, you know in in actuality, he's they're almost the same height. Uh, no, there were definitely a couple of scenes where you can notice that. I, yeah, I, I but, think I'd put that somewhere. But they did it well. Like I said, it's, it's one of those things that, unless you're nerding out and really you know like this film a lot, mm-hmm. it's not something that you would notice from first glance. And then uh, we get more cuts back to the motorcycle kid. Yeah, he's back. Um, he busts out some binoculars. Yeah, he's got some binoculars. It's he's it's creeping. Cool. He's yeah, creeping. he's he's uh, he's up to no good. He's like I said, he's ripping through. Cemetery on his dirt bike, it, it breaks down. Now he's in the bush, just spying on the funeral. Right, and then you got the funeral procession going on, and you see yeah. the pallbearers lift the coffin out. Yeah, and... like I said, the whole funeral procession. And, you know, and to me too, like, you know, whether you're into into the whole maybe ritual of, of funerals and things like that, uh, I've never been a big fan, man. It's like usually for those, if I'm there, it's because something tragic's happened, mm-hmm. and I'm not, you know, I, I'll I'll pay my respects, but it's still it kind of yeah. creeps me out. Uh, but the kid's just spying on it. Yeah, he is. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he's he's spying on it. He's seeing what's going on. Um, and it was especially some of this shit in the beginning that I didn't remember during this viewing. And I was just like, yeah. man, this is just kind of weird. Like, this kid, what the fuck's up? Like, yeah. like I kind of know what's up because I've seen this, but what's up? Like Exactly. Like I said, if you've never seen it before and you've seen this kid kind of like, you know, spying on a funeral, you think, mate, well, like, what? Well, this kid might be... Might be a little, little cynical, a little morbid, you know. But yeah, he's he's spying on them. Um, and this is, uh, I think, this is the first time after, you, like I said, we see the procession that you see that Hemikuda. Oh my God, man! You know, I, 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 I do like cars, but I'm not like a you know gearhead per se. Uh, but that car is so iconic, such a muscle car, such oh, so a, pretty, man. You know, if, so if, pretty, if you, man. I have a couple notes about it. Like, yeah, that, like, oh, there's the car again. Mm. That car is so awesome. And you know, the, another thing I liked about this franchise is that they kept the Cuda all the way oh, through the franchise, nice. man. They kept it all the way through, even if it wasn't the original, because they're not sure exactly what happened to that original. Um, yeah. But but the rest all the way through, man, they kept it, you know, throughout the series. And that's just as every bit iconic as the Tall Man, as these characters that we, you know... Even some of the, the 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 props that we'll find out here soon. Right. Yeah. So, um, anywho, that's the first time that we see this iconic figure, and that's the Hemikuda. And that's still one of those muscle cars, man. If I ever see that, I'm like, I'm going to sit here and admire this yeah, for a good bit. Here. This this is a good time. This is this, a good day, My man. life is now good. Great day. Yeah. Uh, and people bug out from the funeral, as happens. And you get left with a tall man. You do. And the kids still watch him. He is. He's still there. He's still spying. And then this is this is another part that plays an O to like like this mysterious like he he has this this gorilla strength man he he dude he just reaches he monsters over that damn picks up the coffin no problem pops it back into the hearse yeah right in the hearse and at that point the, you know this kid it's he he's seen something that 
should not be happening regardless. And especially with this guy, um, there's no there's no way if I sell something like that, there's no way. No, and it, I mean even even if you don't realize how heavy those things are, like this doesn't look like it's something that's easy easily feasible no way, like it's huge and awkward especially and if you have and, a body in there yeah no then on top of the weight of the wood yeah no way and dude just whoop whoop yeah exactly it's like uh, somebody picking up a pack of you know like a thing of potatoes and just tossing them in the yeah. trunk no way man but yeah so like so we see this we see this this supernatural power this superhuman power from from this tall man and um, like I said, and and something I wrote down in my notes too because it's I thought that was a little little funny, a little shtickish. But you see uh, the kid mouth like, "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, I know. I wrote that too. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, he's that like, was what great. The fuck? I was so happy about that. Yeah, and then then uh, another thing I wrote down in my notes is like right after the scene because he sees that, and it goes in the next scene is that this is the first time that we hear the main theme music of Phantasm. You know, and, and that's when those synths kick in and you got that little, you know, keyboard synth line. I mean, that's, if, you, if you've heard that, you instantly recognize what that piece of music is from. Yeah. And then, uh, kid's name is Mike. Yeah, we find uh, out that the kid's name is Mike. And he's getting the fuck out of there. Is yeah, this he, when he gets knocked off the bike by the tall man's mind power? I think it is. You know, I think it's like, right, like, at that point he's, he's driving off and I think he, yeah, he flips off uh, the front. And, yeah, because the, the tall man recognizes that kid's been spying on him. Right, and he's just like, flick. Yeah, and so, you know, you don't, like, like said, oh, shit. you're not sure if that was coordinated or if that was just pure coincidence or if this, this yeah, guy actually has powers. Yeah, so, yeah, so anyhow, we see uh, we see Mike walk down uh, the street. And, right, uh, he got out of there. Yeah, he's, out of, he's already out of the cemetery, funeral home, procession, all that good stuff. And it looks yeah. like he's going into a palm rating shop by exactly. the sign. Yeah, I mean, the sign makes it pretty... Apparently, yeah. I thought. And uh, something I like about that sign too is it it's, uh, has an old school feel. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't it's not full advertisement. If you know that symbol, then you know exactly where it is. Yeah, you're like, okay, cool. You're, yeah, so I guess I'm gonna go. Well, that's that's the other fucked up thing. Like kids spying on a fucking funeral. Yep. He just gets knocked off a bike with mind power after watching a guy lift a coffin might, by himself. He might be in cahoots, and with he Monte. immediately goes to a palm reader. Yeah. That's, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? That's a full movie? day, man. If you go from uh, spying on a funeral and seeing this this fucking guy, you know, slam a, a coffin into a hearse, and then you're on your way to, to go see a fortune teller, and you're like maybe 12, 13 years old. I'm like, what, do you like go fucking like Happy. punch demons in the face yeah. on the weekends or something? He fucking drinks whiskey like, and smokes cigars, man, damn. at this point, you know. So, yeah, kid goes to see Palm, well, goes into the fortune teller Yeah, place. he's in the fortune Palm teller's place. place. And I, I will say this, um, you know, I realize the age of this character and this person, but uh, if, if I were a teenage boy, that, that, uh, that girl who answered the door, she's a cutie pie, man. Well, I immediately, upon seeing her, I'm like, so she's going to be his love interest, right? Because yeah, because... she's the cutest girl his age. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. If I were that kid's age... And that was a girl answering the door. I mean, I, I, it put a smile on my face. But he's immediately like, hey, is your grandma around? Yeah, exactly. He, he's more interested in granny. I'm like, you know, it's like, well, like I so said, leading up to this point, this kid is a he pure... Wants, he wants to clear the cobwebs. He likes older rafters. ladies. He doesn't, he doesn't want your mom. He doesn't want you. He wants your granny. Right. <laughs> he's chasing after generations. 
You know, he's getting all up in them. Depends. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, one thing I I noted um about about this house because it's a, it's in a house. It's not like in a a shop or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. a house. Yeah, it's a house. Um, it's the lighting's really low, so it kind of gives you that, like I said, that that feeling that you're actually in a place of maybe a mystery or. Something that would be a cult. Yeah, so they saying how some they do really good jobs of, um, like I said, setting the moods for scenes uh, throughout the film. So that's that's something that I noticed that it it certainly gives you the vibe that you're in a fortune telling house. Something Mm -hmm. that's a little bit mysterious, little like a little little creepy, you know. But kid's full of confidence. He's there to see Granny. He knows what's up. Yeah, Granny's Granny's got it going on. Granny's got the goods. Yeah, I, something like that. You, okay? Yeah. So, like I said, after after we see that that Mike is you know at the fortune teller's place, um, like so we we see that um, it, it kind of cuts into a scene um, where Jody um, and and Mike are in the Hemikudas and Mike is driving it. So um, at this point, it looks like they're you know the brothers are bonding whatnot. They're mm-hmm. pulling the driveway. And, uh, you know, Mike makes a comment like uh, he's wanting to check the headers or something wrong with, you know, something like that, whatever. Yeah, something's going on. Yeah, this kid's got, I mean, like I said, he's he's into dirt bikes, he's into grannies now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's into everything. Yeah, this kid's a little, he's, he, you know, and I'll give him credit because I don't know of any 12, 13-year-olds this day, even kids that I grew up with. That are into grannies. That are into grannies, that were working on muscle cars. Okay, well, no, maybe not. I mean, dirt bikes, yeah, I mean, because, you know, that's the age where you start kind of doing that stuff. But not in the cemetery, necessarily. Um, definitely not spying on, you know, funeral directors and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so we get these sense, you know, like, so these, these guys are bonding. This is his brother. You know, but then, um, like, a friend comes by. A friend drops by and sends his condolences about Tommy. You mm-hmm. know, he and, and Jody start discussing. I guess kind of reminiscing and whatnot. Right, and Jody's like, well, that's been two years. Exactly, you know, and like I said, he has... Oh, well, because, well, the, the the friend also mentions hearing about his folks. Exactly, so we learned that, that there are folks that just, you know, passed away within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of the reason why he's back, is because, you know, it's, it's his little brother. He wants to look after his brother, but on the other hand, he doesn't want to stick around town because maybe it's holding him back, you know, mm-hmm. he has other aspirations, whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he starts to mention the fact that um, you know, he's going to skip town. There's nothing really keeping him here. He really cares about his brother, but he, he's going to, you know, he's going to let the aunt watch after him at this point, you know. But Granny's home. Yeah, Granny's Luckily home. Luckily for the kid, Granny's home, basically. She is, and uh, he, wants his, he wants to talk to her, and the girl tells her that she can hear you. You're like, you don't have to use me as an interpreter. Right, You're like, she... She's right here. Yeah, Talk like, she's right in front of you, dude. Um, you know, ask away. And so, at this point, it starts tying in, you know, the fact that, that Mike knows or at least feels that Jody's about to skip town. And then he starts to tell, you know, hey, I, you know, the, I've just seen all this stuff. My brother's about to skip town. You know, my parents are gone, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then that's when, you know, like I so said, that's when uh, kind of all these things start to come to fruition, man. And so, he's... What seeking sage advice from grandma, basically. Yeah, and uh, uh, mostly though, at this point, I, I'll admit I tuned out a little bit when I started noticing that they both had weird little star tattoos. Yeah, um, at first, um, it doesn't look like a star when you first see the granddaughter. No, uh, because it almost looks like she's got a mole of some sort. I mean, mm-hmm. not not that it's. I mean, it did, didn't take anything away from her at all. 
But yeah, the uh, she had one on her cheek, and the grandmother had one. Just, on her... Yeah, you notice Granny's first for yeah, sure. Yeah. So if if you're into the right occult, between the eyes, yeah. And... If you're into the cult and you're into all that kind of you know mysticism, you'd understand that that might signify that as the pineal gland. And, right. You know, and that's what gives her 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 insight, her fortune telling. And you're immediately like, oh, and then you see like granddaughter also has star child, and you're like, oh, like so there's more creepiness going on that yeah. seems to be just accepted. Exactly, like this town is already full of, of mystery, you know, like, damn, what's really going on in California in the Valley, man? Was it was it Cali? I thought it was Oregon. No, they filmed all of this in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was filmed uh, like in Los Angeles, I think um, parts well, of Well, I thought it was supposed to be set. Oh, 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 yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right okay. as far as where the film was supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the filming is in California, my fault. That's right. Um, but yeah, so like I said, we, we noticed that they have stars on them, so... Mm-hmm. That has a little significance, but it doesn't really... Not yeah, no, really. I mean, I just sort of zoned out for a second. I was like, oh, that's weird. And yeah, um, I think at this point, But too, then, that's when the... Is that when they did the test on him? Yeah, he puts... Um, I think he puts, like, some money down, or he's going to offer some money. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, and then this box just appears on the table. Which I was creepy, too. Like, yeah, I just... How the fuck did they do that? Exactly. I you witches, way. burn. Burn the witches. <laughs> exactly. So you know, there's some hoodoo going on, man. There's some, like I said, some some supernatural things going on already in this film, and we're not really what ten, fifteen minutes at, mm-hmm. at best in this film. Um, so that's like I said, if 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 you like that stuff, it's already drawing my attention because it's it's mysterious. Um, but yeah, so they they tell him to put his hand in the box. He he questions is like, just put your hand in the box, you know. Don't ask questions. And then so, whoop, hand in the box. Puts it in, yeah. And um, he starts to freak out, man, because it's it's like grasping him. Yeah, it's starting to hurt. Yeah, and he can't get can't get. He's it struggling, off. man. He's struggling as any probably twelve, thirteen year old kid would at that moment, you know. But she tells him uh, not to fear, you know. Yep. Don't don't fear. And he uh, he just sort of calms down for a bit, and it finally comes off. Yeah, it comes off. Um, you know, and the whole point was is you know don't fear because it's all in your head. It's that's what fear is. It wasn't real. It was just a mirror. It was all in your head. Exactly. It's, it's just the fear in your head that was gripping you. That's all it was. That's all it was. There was nothing in the box. Um, you know, like I said, not not to nerd out too much, but I'll put in a little side note here too. Is that that part in the film of using the box is actually Don Coscarelli played a lot of ode or um, a lot of fanfare to the to Dune. Oh, okay. uh, and so that was like uh, like a I guess a a test, so to speak. You well, know? she almost says fear is the mind killer. Exactly. So I mean, throughout this film, like I said, if you're familiar with Dune and you're familiar with some of the references, they start to stand out a little bit. But this is one of them. This is one of the first ones that he kind of, you know, I can't nods. remember exactly. I should have written it down. She, uh, but she almost exactly says fear fear is the mind killer. It, exactly it's like one word off i think she i'm she fears the killer something like that i don't know it's something close but she damn near says it and i was like what the fuck dune cool so he gets his hand out of the black box yeah his and he out. gets out of there and you still get a little bit of a lingering on the grandma oh yeah and the granddaughter and it was really kind of creepy because grandma has like this almost silent laugh yeah, they do. They kind of... And they, they both just start laughing about it. Yeah, you know, you know, the cool thing, too, is, like, I like how, uh, like, he just put the money on the box. It disappears. No big deal. Yeah. He gets up, leaves, like, you know, just, it's just another normal part of my day, you know, whatever. Yeah, and they kind of look at each other, and they give a snicker. So, yeah. And, but Grandma's laugh is creepy, I thought. I yeah, because like, she's quiet throughout the yeah, whole she, time. But there was a little bit of a sound. It was like, ah, ah, ah. No, she's, she was she was still knocking inside, of, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so we see that. 
And uh, yeah, so after we after we see him, he likes to freak out, and she tells him, yeah, she does tell uh, uh, Mike that fear is the killer. That's what she mm-hmm. told him through that experience. Um, and then I think right after that, we see the the, the granddaughter in a, in a white dress, and she's holding some flowers, and she's going through the gates uh, to Morningside. Yeah, so we 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 do know that fact that she's going to the to the uh, to the cemetery, maybe maybe into the funeral home mausoleum part. Uh, but yeah, she's walking through, and like I said, she's wearing a white dress. Uh, and then it cuts to another scene uh, where it goes to Reggie and Jody, and uh, uh, I guess they're on uh, like the the porch, porch. kind of garage area of the, of the this home. This is dope. They had a little jam session. You know, uh, cool. very. I like the melody, man. If if you like guitar playing and just kind of you know coming up with harmonies and melodies, they they jam, man. Yeah, no, that was a good time. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. It's a and sweet I song. Kind of went to it for a, for um, a little bit. I was yeah. I was getting down and I was looking around and I noticed everything was Fender. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Fender. Um, Love that. You know, I grew up, that was one of the first things I ever played was a Fender. Nice. I mean, I know, like, so we're kind of nerd now, but I, play, mm-hmm. I still play guitar, still play bass, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a nice little well, piece of music. fun times. I play a little bit of guitar myself. Yeah. And yeah, no, I've played on a few Fenders. Good yeah, times. Like said, if, if, if that's why I made sure to look. That's why I was like, oh, oh well, yeah. okay, there we got, we got the Strat going. We got a Fender acoustic over there, and the so amp sweet. was a Fender, too. Yeah, they were keeping it real. They kept it 100 on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, something else, too, like I said, uh, not trying to get too far away from the movie. Uh, but that was actually a piece written by Bill Thornberry, like so the guy who was playing Jody. So oh, okay. That was actually an original oh. piece that he was playing. Wow, that's so cool. it wasn't like something they were just covering. They oh, were, that's neat. Yeah, they were really Bad. jamming out. So yeah, but that's that was a really cool scene. I really like that scene because it's something that kind of sticks with me too. Once you see that, you remember. Oh, wow, that's sweet jam. Yeah, and then who was it? who was it? Reggie that was on the acoustic using yeah, the tuning fork? he was, yeah. Um, and we also find out that Reggie's an ice cream truck driver. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which, so. oh man, like I was instantly kind of creeped out with the hair and how yeah. Reggie kind of looks anyway. He, uh, and you know, and the and thing he drives we, an ice cream we truck. We don't know anything about Reggie, really. No, he's just kind of We just know that, here. yeah, maybe he's just a family friend at this point. He just, he knows Jody and Mike. That's about all we know at this point. You know, but uh, something, I, something I thought that was funny, man, is I, I wrote down that while they were playing and like after they finished he's like oh man this is reggie saying he's like we're hot as love (laughs) (laughs) what the shit is that yeah like he he was feeling that jam just as i guess just as much as we are maybe a little bit more because he was doing it he was yeah but he He yeah he dropped that man i thought i was like man that's funny as hell man that's what yeah we're good on him yeah but you're right right after that um he uses those those tuning forks like he's yeah he he puts it up to uh to the base and and just yeah he hits it, uh, like I said, going back to another Dune reference. This is another Dune reference as well because they use kind of those uh, what we'll what we'll see later in the film those little pedestals. The pedestal things. Yeah, exactly. So that's another Dune reference that Don Coscarelli goes back to. But any, anywho, like I said, we uh, we see that. But you get the cut straight from the tuning fork back into the mausoleum. Yeah, you and do you get that same note just that humming that yeah you know or it's, whatever it was that's it's a harmonic pitch, yeah and whatever uh but yeah we see we see the granddaughter once again she's in the ma- mausoleum and then i guess she walks up uh to a door right and um it kind of pans out but you hear a scream right after that so she's in the mausoleum once again we're not really sure why no uh doesn't really give any specifics behind it no she's, she's there she's you hear there. the pitch yeah exactly you hear that kind of low humming and we start to hear that, of course, throughout the film. But yeah, this is some of the the first times that we hear that. And like, so then we hear that scream. So, is it her screaming? Is something 
inside scream. We don't know really. Yeah, I. We can only assume. Uh, I think it seemed to me like the scream was something inside, but yeah, I mean either either way, I'm you still, could. I'm. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I'm it was. Not good. Yeah, no, it, I was getting out of there. Yeah, if it was a scream that I heard, heard, man, I you know, I I'd feel, I feel like I, I'd have to investigate maybe a little bit. And so now we're with Jody at the bar. We are, uh, and something that I wrote down because, you know, like I said, it's it's something that can be easily missed, you know. But it, you know, I thought it was kind of cool. It's, you hear the theme song, but in a kind of like a funk style rhythm, you know, and it's like, oh man, it's kind of cool. Because nice. you know, I, I, I've always I, liked I, that, I missed that. that so. Yeah, I've always liked that synth, you know, sound that comes from that that main title. But yeah, you hear that, and uh, anyhow, Jody's yeah, he's looking for uh, for the chick that he was getting hot and heavy with, uh, right? Uh, you know, from from the previous uh, uh, night before his little rendezvous. You know, Jody goes in the bar. Quick work th- work with the chick. She's down yeah. there sitting there at the end of the bar already. They yeah. mean they're like thirty seconds. In the no, way. you're right. Yeah, he uh, like they they get together. Uh, yeah, they're ready to go down to the cemetery, and uh, yeah, this is when when things get kind of you know when you when you lead a chick down to the cemetery, kind of a little freaky. But right, well, here's like a it. so we see we see that Mike's following. No, he's heading down that he way. Is. Mike's been following. He he always follows. But you also get a really good look at the chick, and you realize who it is. Yeah, you realize that it's uh, the chick that was with Tommy. And the one that was uh, face swapping with the tall man. So yeah, we right. do realize that that's. And so you've seen the tall man a couple of times. You have. Now. now you've seen her a couple of times. Yeah, she's starting and to pop I up. I immediately just wrote down. So, does the tall man like dick? <laughs> he could. He he might be into some ding dongs, man. Which I mean, nothing against him. I'm just uh. like I'm throwing that out there. Like, like Tommy. Tommy got to completion. He did before any like. He didn't just like lure him in. Like no, they he, he, had sex. They did it. Man. Then he killed him. You know that's a good point. I didn't really think about it. In Tall that man is now once again in a female body. Yeah. If, uh, apparently, he's like, all right, look, I know that if if I'm myself and I'm trying to get some some dick here, he's not gonna go for it. But if I'm a hot chick in a lavender dress with some nice breasts, right? The, then yeah, I want to get some ding dong tonight. But that's it weird. Seems to me, like Tall man <laughs> likes dick. That's I mean I have I have no arguments for that because you're right man like he went for Tommy now he's going for Jody and we all know about Jody yeah Jody was there to get some obviously yeah Jody Jody's he's after some punk tang you know let's be honest about it but yeah so <laughs> yeah he hooks up with the lady in lavender you know like I said from from the very beginning of the film and uh, yeah they're taking off but Mike's following. Because he's been spying the whole time. He's he's creeping outside he's creeping. the window. He sees exactly what's going on. We're still on. getting cuts back down into them, too. Yeah. And I also had to write write down that... Uh, I didn't write down Lady and Lavender, because I'm like, it's the tall man. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, because either either way, you're not wrong. Right. And I wrote down that tall man seems like a hell of a kisser. He, You know what? For, for as eerie <laughs> and as spooky as he is... Tall he, man seems like he a hell had, of a kisser. He has a way with the boys. Yeah, yeah. His yeah, I'm I'm okay. Whatever you know, it's that's maybe I started to develop a little bit of a man crush on the tall man. What I through the lady in lavender? You know, it's um, hmm. it's a juxtaposition that you're in. Another it's strange part to this movie, really. Another parallel universe that we can go in all kinds of directions. But uh, the kid's but yeah, still creeping. He is, man. Mike is coming out. It, yeah, she's got some nice jugs, man. Jody says, "Wow." Mike says, "Wow." They're both in in <laughs> awe because you know, like I said, it's 
If, Which was if, great. If you're going to be a tall man and you're going to be kind of hideous and old and you need some dick in your life, you're going to go as, you know, a, an attractive breasted blonde, you know, in a, in a hot dress, whatnot. But yeah, they're getting, they're getting freaky, you know, right there on a, on a tombstone, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And Mike's hearing some shit and he's looking around. Yeah, because he's, like I said, he's off in the distance. He's still creeping, but he will not see some tit, you know? Right. Yeah. He, he already, well, that's the thing. He already saw some tit. He's yeah. like, okay, cool. Like he, he probably doesn't necessarily want to see Jody's dick. Nah, I'm not into seeing my brother's dong. I, yeah. I hope he's not either. I mean, you know, like I said, we've seen Visitor Q, so weirder things have happened. Right. So, yeah, we're we're guessing this isn't Visitor Q, though. No, no way. Not no way. There's, been, there's been no lack No correlation so other than the fact that, like I said, there's some weird family stuff going on, maybe. So, you know, he's hearing these noises. He's looking around a bit. And we some see some shit. Yeah, we, we see get, some creepy-ass shit, man. That fucking, freak me out. Fucking Jawa. Yeah, it's a Jawa. Basically. Yeah, exactly. But, you know... Another funny thing, though, about this film is that those characters, those dwarves or whatever minions yeah. that I wrote down, is that they were actually um, uh, produced by the guy who, who came up with the, the costume set design or whatever before the job was in Star Wars because this film was actually came out, uh, not actually in, in theaters, but it, it was produced and filmed mm-hmm. before Star Wars, which is funny, okay. but you're right, it... It's a, definitely Jawas, man. Yeah, there are so a little hooded midget that was making these crazy animal noises. Yeah, creepy as shit, man. And it fucking comes after Mike. You know what else is creepy about that? Is that kids were actually the, the, <laughs> the, the, the dwarves? Yeah, so all the dwarves in the film were actually kids, which is even creepier. But regardless, it's creepy within itself. But that's, that's kind of fucked up. And so, yeah, hooded midget. Is yeah. what I wrote down. Midge is probably not the PC term, is it? But uh, but a dwarf, a little person, dwarf. I mean, they Something they use it. Creepy. I mean, they yeah. use shit. There. I mean, they use you know bolder language like in this film. So, like I said, if you're familiar, then you know it's it's not that we're here to offend. It's just what it's just what it is. Sends Mike running, screaming, his yeah. head off, and completely Mike, cock blocks. Mike, yeah, Mike darts in like a buffoon, just right right by them, screaming like a little bitch. And yeah, and what does Jody do? He's like. That's my brother. Yeah, like, sorry, I gotta... You know, but Tall Man's like, he, you know, Tall Man, Chick, Lady, you know, whatever. They're, you know, they, they're not um, objecting to him just going after his brother. Yeah, which was weird, because it seems like, but I brought you out here to be my prey, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have been that hard to keep him there. Just like... Yeah, I mean, I, you know... Use like, your feminine wiles, Tall Man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're already you're already in the heat of the moment. There's ways of keeping your your prey there, just like a a black widow or praying manners. There's ways to keep the your prey there. But yeah, anyhow, he he does. He goes he goes chasing after his little brother. Puts his jeans on, whatnot. Yeah, yeah it goes after him. That's what his big brother's do. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, there you know he chases after him, and uh, anyhow, like I said, he tells him, uh, you know, it's weird because like I said, it goes to I guess. Jody just giving his keys to Mike, telling him, hey, you know, go home. He was telling him he heard some crazy shit going on. He's, he's imagining things, man. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, you know, it's out. I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to get laid, man. Come on, mm-hmm. dude. Right, yeah. He's like, yeah, get out of here. Gives him the keys. Yeah. Get out Get out of here, kid. Get out of here. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing, man? You cock-blocking me, kid. Uh, but, yeah, but anyhow, he... the cool thing, though, is he let him drive. He trusted him enough to drive that sweet-ass oh, Cuda, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we've already seen him working on it, though. Too, yeah, that's so. what I'm saying. I mean, we already know he's a badass, but still, that's that's trust right there, man. If your older yeah, brother sure. lets you 
drive his cuda shit, man. That's that's tight bond right there, bro. Yeah, you know, Mike takes off. Jody goes back. Chick's not there. Yeah, gone. She is. She's gone. Yeah. Um, don't know what really happened, but yeah, she disappears at this point. Um, yeah, but then we we go from that, like I said, just the disappearing. We go to see um, where Mike's in bed. He's dreaming yep. at this point. He's, He's just in bed. there sleeping. Yeah, you know. Um, I I felt like um, this this next scene while he's in bed because he's kind of he's laying in bed and then he's like dreaming. We, we I would assume at this point, but uh, I felt like this next scene uh, was kind of iconic in the sense that this is kind of something that you see in poster art. This is something yeah. that if I, I felt like if I see this in a still, I would. I already know what the hell that film is. Right, I already know what it phantasm is. Phantasm, it's phantasm, man, without a doubt. Yeah, and he has this weird, yeah, dream. Yeah, he he's it, a dream. It's just this weird, quick cut. Like you don't it know is. what's happening. You don't know if it really just happened at this point. In yeah, the there, film. there are a couple of quick scenes. Like it goes from, like I said, Jody looking for the for uh, the hot chick, uh, tall man, to going to to Mike just in bed, laying down, assumably dream or presumably dreaming. To uh, to well, like, I mean, and, and at this point, we know. Tall man has mind powers of some sort. Yeah, yeah, because he, 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 he can change into a chick. Exactly. He can knock somebody off their bike. Yeah. He can, he has super strength. Exactly. So suddenly, like, Mike's sleeping. He is. We and know that he knows who Mike is. Absolutely. We know, ex- oh, well, he knows who Mike is. Uh, because of that, that interaction that just happened. And because of him spying in the cemetery and getting knocked. So we, he knows who Mike is. Um, but like I said, we see Mike... Uh, in that dream state, and the cemetery, still in his bed, in the cemetery, and we see the tall man kind of just hovering above yeah, him. Yeah, just creepy. Not, not literally hovering, like no, he's not no. flying, but like he's. But yeah, but just like I arms said, out, arms out over the top of him, and uh, just this gaunt, terrifying figure. Yeah, man. I mean, can you imagine being like I said, being a twelve, thirteen year old kid, and then you have this fucking creepy ass tall guy above you, and you're in the cemetery for whatever fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, um, those 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 corpses, dwarves. yeah, they bust out and they latch onto him from either side of the bed, just start yeah. ripping at him. I mean, that's and then it just cuts away, and you don't know. That's it. Yeah, like I said, I, I feel like so. I, no I context. Just, you don't see him waking up. No, like, you don't. It's just it just boom. He wakes up just like that. No problem. But you, like I said, we don't know really what's going on. Like that was just a quick dream, but it was so real, so real, you know, lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I felt like like I said that that was an iconic scene because no, it, really, yeah. When it, like fan art happens and stuff, like that's what you see is yeah. that that the tall man posed over Mike like that, like exactly, you know, like I said. But you're yeah, right, like I said, it's it just it's just a quick scene. Tall man looming, minions coming out. He gets back up. And then it cuts back into, um, I guess, where, where Jody's going after uh, the lady again. Yeah, he, he heads back to the dunes to try to find her or something, I guess. Yeah. I, is that what he was trying to do? I guess I, I, I kind of didn't really... I, I phased that part out because you still have Mike kind of following him, and he sees something else outside. But Yeah, like I said, he's, he's going back to the bar during the day, interacts with the, uh, the bartender, like I said, looking for hot chick, tells him they were getting hot and heavy, and... Um, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, know? he's like, oh. I haven't, haven't seen him, her, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, but once again, Mike is falling. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, throughout this film, he's 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 a tag along. You know, that's I guess that's what little brothers did. I have a little brother um, growing up. He was my tag along. Oh yeah, same here. You know, yeah, he 
Yeah, he tagged along everywhere. So I mean, you know, and, I, I, I very much related to that. Like, yeah, likewise, yeah, because I, I always had. Of course, older he's going to be there. And, yeah, man. You know, that's how it is, man. If you're if you're the runt, or if you're younger, regardless, you're you know you're tagging along behind man. that tree over there. Yeah, exactly. He always picks that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know these things, but yeah, Mike is uh, Mike is tagging along. He's following after Jody, you know, and that's quite a distance to follow him too out back to the bar. And he's out there, and he sees the tall man walking on the other side of the street. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that I wrote down. That was um, I felt like that was a scene that was very familiar with. Like that's something that almost kind of tips its hat a little bit um, to maybe like like a little bit of a um, a kink in the tall man's armor because yeah, Mike is just aimlessly walking down the street like a downtown mm-hmm. U- whatever USA lollipop, you know, just whatever. Yeah, doing uh, this thing. Yeah, but then it kind of slows down, and uh, he looks across the street, and then it's just it slows down. The timing, these the, long, purposeful, yeah, long steps strides. Just hear everyone. Yeah, just, exactly. Dum, 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 uh, like I said, and, and like I said, that's why I felt like this is this is a scene that that I am familiar with. This is a scene that's I felt like like if you're familiar with the film, this is something that you you don't forget because you see the tall man passing by Reggie because I guess Mike recognized there's Reggie. But mm-hmm. there's also the tall man, long strides, and uh, I, I don't know if if Reggie's like taking ice cream out or if he's putting ice cream in. Either way, he's doing something with ice cream. He, yeah, he's he's doing he's handling ice cream. Um, but that that trunk, I guess the freezer section of his truck has the um, has like the steam or not steam, but just the frost that comes out, billowing um, out of it. Exactly. But the tall man stops, and he he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of almost like. The Rock when he like he yeah, kinda, yeah. It, yeah if you that, like, if you smell Boom. part yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he starts doing that and he's oh but he's he's, he's, he's taken completely... back and he looks over and who does he see Mike he sees Mike and Mike is fucking terrified man because that's that's a that's oh, a, I would have pissed myself that's one of those he's staring Especially right through dream. his soul he's looking right through his next life into the you know into the unknown but yeah it's got Mike fucking freaked out because it's scary man. Um, I, I could I could relate being maybe that age and you know, well, I just, shit, it would have been all the piss down all of my pants. Yeah, I, I'd hope I hadn't had any any kind of fiber that day because I'd probably shit myself too. Yeah, it's gone. But then the tall man stops and kind of just buggers off. He does. He he just kind of goes about his business. But also the, like that little, you know, that the cold oh, kind of disappears all too. That, yeah, he almost disappears for a second. Yeah, know? he does. Um, yeah. So from that point, like I said, I felt like that was an, another iconic scene that if you're familiar with Phantasm, uh, something to take note because that always sticks in my mind. But this is also like I said, I found out that maybe the cold has something to do with you know, like I said, a, a little kink in his armor. We don't know, but he didn't like it regardless. Or he, he was trying to smell what Reggie was cooking. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some extreme shit. Um, but yeah, so then, like I said, we we go back uh, to Jody. Like I said, looking for Lady and Lavender at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells the bartender about their little rendezvous at Morningside. You know, no big deal. Uh, and then, like I said, it was just a real quick scene, but it was kind of a filler scene just to kind of give mm-hmm. you an idea that you know we're we're picking up from where we left off with that her disappearing or the tall man disappearing, right? And you know, he's he's letting the bartender know about his. Have you seen her? This is what happened. Blah blah blah. Right. Right. Whatever. It's just kind of a weird. I would like to finish getting it in. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm not done. Shit, I don't care if it's the next day or not. Right? Like, God damn it. Yeah. Stupid I, little kid. Who's Ed? I don't know Ed. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, like, so anyhow, it just like says a little gap filler uh, in the film. 
but like I said, then we go to see uh, Mike working uh, underneath in the, the CUDA. Yeah, he's underneath the, the, the CUDA, kind of knocking around underneath it. Um, but then again, that's when you hear those those creepy scattering, scampering. You hear sounds. the scampering in and it starts rocking above. It does, man. And that's, yeah, like I said, if you ever worked on a car and you got those little rickety ass car jacks, man, uh, that's not something I want to get pinned underneath. No. But yeah, you hear that creepy shit and then you see those little dwarfs. And I'll tell you, Mike impresses me throughout this entire He's, movie Mike's because badass, he man. knows not to crawl out from under there because there's the dwarves. Exactly. So he just does... He's the calm. Next best he's thing. calm. He's he's a little bit panicky, but he's he's still kind of even killed at this. Right. You know? And you and you sort of notice that instead, like he's not going to get out from under there, which would be the best oh, thing. Yeah, I believe yeah. we all agree. Exactly. I mean, yeah. If, if given the choice to get out or get pinned, I, I want to get out. But he does the next best thing and makes sure that all of his shit's sucked in, so that at least he's not getting like the wheels landed on his yeah. legs or his arms and shit. Like and, and like I said, this is something that, that gives you a, a little insight of this kid's badassness that he know he has enough foresight or knowledge to know better. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like throughout this entire movie, people were kind of very reasonable yeah. and, uh, about all the actions they take for the most part, and they were they were really good at justifying things and like. And just pointing out stupid bullshit, too. Yeah, I mean... They, Whereas in a lot of other movies, like, sometimes they're, people are very obtuse for no reason yeah. other than if it's the script. You're, you're right. And, you know, I mean, there's, there, throughout there's, there's bits of stickiness, but like I said, it, it serves a purpose. It's done well. It, 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 they even, you know, kind of rationalize it a little bit if you can at that moment. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But the car continues to rock. You keep hearing the noises. Yeah, you do. And eventually it gets rocked off. It does. It gets knocked off those <laughs> those uh, car jacks that were holding up the back. And he's pinned. Like I said, he's pinned. Um, and then he sees a pair of, uh, what, boots, whatnot? Yep, yep. You and know, whacks it with that fucking with hammer. hammer. Yeah. It's Jody. It's Jody. He's like... Hey, it's me, Jody. Uh, but yeah, he's, he he comments that he's like, you know, you whacked the shit out of my foot, man. Yeah, <laughs> what God. the deuces, dude? You know, shit. Come on, dude. Yeah, exactly. First, yeah. you cock block me. Exactly, and uh, you know, he, like I said, he gets whacked with the hammer. You know, that shit sucks, man. If you ever knocked your foot, that shit feel good. No, sucks, man. Uh, I mean, justifiably so. But Mike had every reason because fucking there's. Dwarf minions running around, man, presumably. Yeah. Trying to uh, kill them, apparently. Yeah. You, you know, He's not and, very good at it yet. Uh, uh, like, it's something that we were talking about with the PC part, because there's some PC that uh, are not PC these days, but that Jody says to justify what uh, what Mike is rambling on about. He's like, hey, it might have been Timmy, the retarded kid down the street. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Like, yeah, you can't say that shit these no. days, man. You know, it's like justifiably so, but you know, it's like, uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, some of those kids are really fucking strong, man. You know, it's, it's every every he could have knocked it over just as well as anybody else, or it was crazy midgets. Yeah, I mean, which one would you believe at that point? It was Timmy down the road, or fucking dwarfs running around in your garage, right? That yeah, hooded. Jawas. Yeah, regardless. But in a world without Jawas. In a world without Jawas. <laughs> yeah, at this point. At this mm-hmm. point in life. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how... you see Mike up in his room after this? He's yeah. freaked out. He is. And he's, he's strapping a big-ass fucking Bowie knife to his leg. Yeah, like, so this kid, once again, badass. Yeah, he's got it strapped up inside And he's his freaked out, leg. and he's grabbing that Bowie knife. But yeah. he's not just going to sit around. Because, yeah, you're right. Because he's, he's going to go to his ass in here. He sneaks out to Morningside. And he's tired of the bullshit, man, at this point. He's like, I'm trying to tell my brother about this shit. He doesn't believe me. He's just chasing, you know, Tang, man. And 
I gotta find out for myself if I'm if, if anything's gonna get done. I gotta do it myself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. That's typically how it goes. Fucking goes in the huge ass building, which you kind of realize at this point is the funeral parlor. Yeah, and it, like so once again, it's this, not just a mansion. This funeral home, it's it's immaculate, man. It is, mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous place, and the back half of it is the mausoleum. It's all yeah. one big building. It's it's huge, man. It's but like I said, it's it's another one of those things. It's I feel like it's kind of an iconic figure in that film because it's. It's a mass. It's it's yeah. That's a big ass. You know you know when they're going there. You know what it's about. It's up. You know, no good. And uh, but yeah, he's creeping into the cemetery. It's night. He goes to um, what I what I wrote down kind of like a, a basement window. Yeah, basement window. Yeah, yeah. Um, he busts that shit out. Yeah, man. And he goes in. He's in. Uh, so he's creeping around. Breaking and entering. Yeah, he's looking around. Um, I don't know if this is ironic or, or uh, coincidence, but this is another uh, incidence of where we run across a doll head in a wig because uh, he knocks over like. Oh, I, I guess, thought the boxes. same thing. I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, it's the fucking doll head from. I like Wizard of Gore, and I'm thing, like, no, that thing looks a little bit better. But you know what's funny? Because we've been bringing it up. Blocky. Um, Tallman has superpowers. Montag has superpowers. They both have wigs. They, you know, they're mess, they're mesmerizing, they're hypnotizing. Just team them up, dude. I'm telling you, man. It's just Montag and Tall Man. This is not a coincidence anymore. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna team these two together. But yeah, they're gonna start taking on all challengers. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> have fun with these two bitches. No, actually, I mean, <laughs> out of these, I mean, these two don't. Well, <laughs> no, nah, man. Montag good. seems like he might be a force to be reckoned with. I, I feel like the tall Somebody man would be is, easier to take Somebody who has that the, that kind of dark power. Yeah, I mean, man. it seemed like be fucking with reality itself. Yeah, he he can bend time and space, and so I mean, come on. Yeah, it's they're they're like I said, they're awesome. Do some, but um, but yeah, like I said, he knocks over. It does like coincidentally knocks over the boxes, and the fucking head knocks over. It's you know, like I said, another. Mannequin head in a, in a wig, mm-hmm. ironically enough. Uh, but then he likes it. He goes into um, what I wrote down as like the the, the viewing room, maybe or like right. the casket room. Like, yeah, basically the casket room. It seems like it's the. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the, the, it's the sales floor. That's a good point. Yeah, that's probably where they they're yeah they're pitching the idea to sell our you know yeah. Would you caskets. like this one? Would you like this one? Yeah, would you like this one? He's yeah. Mike snooping around, and uh, I guess a, a like funeral the kiss casket. We have him back. <laughs> Yeah, we got those. Yeah, we got we we'll got all you up. Yeah, whatever. We got you. Uh, but yeah, then then uh, and like I said, then a, a funeral home worker walks in. He creeps in into the room. I immediately wrote down that he looked like a caretaker. Yeah, he. I he, called him caretaker. He could be a caretaker for real. Yeah, because he he looks like one. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he comes in. Mike jumps in the coffin. Yeah, just like I think any reasonable person would, because yeah. that's that's fucking creepy, man. You don't know who this guy is. He uh, he he kind of has that little lighter that he carries with him, uh, propped. Kind of, it looks almost like it's keeping up. I don't think that is, but it's kind of cool. Like so this is another one. Yeah, he tricks. always has that lighter on him too. Yeah, man, it comes up a couple times throughout the movie. I feel like this kid went through uh, survival training at some point. Dude, in this life. kid's a badass. He immediately knows to start talking to the fortune teller. Yeah, because something some shit's not right. Man, he has so much. He's foresight. ready. He's unreal. Yeah. Uh, he does some other shit later on. If I ever have a kid, I hope, I hope my kid's as cool as that yeah. kid. Mike's, Mike's a badass. Mike's a killer. I like Mike. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, the, um, the, the caretaker starts to creep. Like, he, he knows maybe something's in there, but something's not right. And we can see Mike peering out, and he's getting closer. That caretaker's getting really close. Tall man comes in. Tall man kind of rescues Mike a little bit. I think he, I, mean, I, I believe he knows that Mike's in there. 
just but with them? caretaker, yeah, caretaker doesn't need to do that work. He wants Mike for himself. I mean, that's anyway, that's the impression that I got. And it seems like he has some sort of telepathic control of yeah. the caretaker because he doesn't say anything. No, he, he doesn't. He just he's in there. He stiffens up. They leave the room together. Exactly. And Mike comes out. He's got the his his lighter clutched in his in his fists. Um, and then uh, then he goes he back. Keeps, and, yep, he keeps exploring. Gets into yeah. the mausoleum. He's back in the yeah the mausoleum part. Like so, once again, immaculate and just really, uh, very. Whoever takes care of it, man, they did a good job. Even though I know, like so, we know it's it's props and whatnot, but looks immaculate for a film. Yeah, know? and he keeps creeping through it quite ways until yeah. he sees that door. Yeah, he does. It's a big black door. Yeah, and uh, I uh, wrote that like it had maybe. Um, like, I, like some kind of Roman or Greek oh, I did the same thing like, above it. There's a the, all the heads. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out if they were a bunch of individual busts exactly. that were posed next to each other, or if they were one oh, maybe piece all chiseled together. Out yeah, it, that's a good point because I could see it either way. Uh, it I was has really significance though because uh, yeah, we, we really I, I still don't know really what that's about, but it's something that you recognize right above that door. And you still hear that that humming sound coming. And it's just another one. That, yeah, exactly. At this point, you're like, this, it's just another one of the questions. You're like, yeah. okay. And there's like, so, so there are a lot of questions, but they 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 get significantly answered for the most part. We like so we hear that rumbling from the door. Uh, he goes back into the hallway, and then like I said, this is another iconic figure in the series. Man, this is this is my these, this man. is my favorite part. So. Well, he runs off first off. Yeah, it's he not takes like he off, strolls man. back off. Like, no, 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 no. He, he, he's trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, like I said, at this point, there's so much creepy shit going on in the film, so much creepy shit going on in and around his town. You hear stuff like that, man. I'm out of there too, man. Yeah. I'm out. Peace. And then you see the fucking crazy, the fucking sphere. Yeah, man. Fly down the Spheres, fucking hall. Spheres, orbs. Yeah, you hear it. And it's in, like I so said, this is the first time, I don't know if I've ever seen something like like a weaponized object like that that has as much significance in a film as these orb spheres are because when you see them you know exactly what the fuck's going on man yeah you don't want to get caught by this thing no dude those and things are gnarly it has they have their own noise and they just yeah it, each one's designed different too that's like i mean this is the only one that we we so happen to see but throughout the franchise each individual sphere orb they're all different designed but this one yeah this one's going after mike and uh, uh hauling balls yeah hauling uh, balls man and that's when the caretaker kind of pops out man. right caretaker pops Snatches out grabs him. mike exactly and so it's going after him. this caretaker I, I presumably doesn't know that this this or the spheres you know coming after mike mike chomps down on the caretaker's hand, oh, to get, he goes for it too. Dude, man, Mike dude. wants to survive. Mike's a survivor. That's a, exactly, man. If you, if you're in that situation, you got some fucking orb sphere coming after you, humming. You're getting grabbed by some creepy old guy. Yeah, man. And this you're is in a mausoleum where you've already been seeing weird shit happening. Yeah. Mike's a survivor. He chomps into that arm. Yeah, he bites the shit out of that guy. Gets loose, and uh, as soon as he does. You see, well, you see the close-up on the sphere first, Man, and you awesome. see these three knives come out of it. Yeah, exactly. You got two on the side. One in the middle. Yeah, one kind of offset in the middle, lower. Yeah, kind of like a trident of sorts. And it just... Thwoom, yeah, right drills into the, fucking guy right in the skull, man. Just... Yeah. Now, I love the spheres because this is a tie-in to a fucking video game okay. that I yeah. played a shit ton of. I love me some Turok 2 Seeds of Evil. Awesome game. 
and the cerebral bore was modeled after the spheres in Phantasm. There you go, see? You would lock onto an enemy with a gun, and it would shoot out a little drone that would attach itself to the, the head of an enemy, yep. drill out all of their brain matter, which we see happen to the, oh, the caretaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is the gore part of the movie that we exactly. mentioned earlier. Exactly. This is, this is the gore that we're looking for. Hmm. And then the only difference is, is that in the game, it would then explode afterwards, too. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember uh, all of that. With caretaker, he he just falls over. Dead. Yeah, it just it's kind of like uh, it just it just draining his blood. It just it drilled him. It's got the but it's like a forceful drain. Dude, it's, like, it's it's awesome. It's a just a faucet it is coming pumping out, out man, and straight through his like I said, straight through his skull, man. Got him right in between his the bridge of his nose. Um, but you know something that's cool about this film too is that they filmed that sequence in reverse. Um, so instead of you know seeing this orb coming down the hallway hitting him. They actually started with the caretaker getting drilled and okay. then pulling the orb away. Oh, I think right. I'm not sure if it was with strings or what, whatever contraption they okay. had. But yeah, that's that's a part where they did some uh, some editing to make oh, it fun. yeah to make it appear that. But that's like I said, without knowing that little you know little nerdy yeah, stuff. Good. Yeah. yeah, they did a damn good job, man. But this is also the part where I talked about earlier where it almost got the film an NC-17 rating, even though it's you really don't you don't. You don't see it per se unless you're really looking for it. But right after uh, the caretaker is drained of all the blood mm-hmm. and he drops to the to the floor, you see like a little pool of piss start to form at his feet. It kind of slowly oh, trickles. Okay. And then, you know, you see in Mike, he's still fucking freaking out because he just saw this shit. Uh, but, yeah, that was the part where they said because of the pissing and whatever, maybe that was a little too much. Right. Although the blood and the draining wasn't. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, but but because I don't know, maybe the, maybe these film reviewers or the people who give the ratings don't necessarily sit down and watch them like we do and and know the significance or if there is any significance behind that scene. But thank, like I said, thankfully that film reviewer was there to see that that this this part had nothing to do with the rest of the film. Yeah, that's this fine. Just, it, just, it I, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so it's so insignificant. But that was the scene that almost got it an NC-17 rating. Fucking weird. I would have never thought anything about it. Yeah, but that was that was awesome. I immediately wrote down Turok because I was like, I know exactly. Like, I forgot all about. Well, I didn't forget about it because the spheres are awesome. But like, yeah, that's it. I had forgotten almost about the Turok side of it. You like, know, and that's that's man. You know, not to get too nervous. That's a great. That's a great franchise too. Yeah, Turok. No, those were a lot of fun. Awesome. I, I played the shit out of some Turok too. Oh yeah, that game's great. But yeah, like I said, but that's a good time because there's another reference we see that other media or people in media have reference back to Phantasm because it is if something that you if you know you're you're probably a really hardcore fan for the most part. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's that's another little scene. Uh, and then right after that, we see the tall man reappear. Yep, pops back in. Pops back in. Like shit. You know, and well, this is and Mike. Yeah. Shit. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, you know, but the the cool thing too about this scene was it almost felt like a draw and a sword, but towards each other as opposed to away because they kind of walk up to each other at that little intersection in the hallway, right. and they completely mirror each other. They do until a point. Yep. And then Mike get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and then then there's then there's a chase scene at mm-hmm. this point. Oh yeah, um, I wrote that. I was like chase. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, you see Tall Man, and he's got some good cardio apparently because he's keeping up, man. Yeah, Tall Man goes for. I mean, he's super strong. Yeah, I mean, I it's not what, make... it's not out of the realm. If he can uh, pose as a hot chick, 
Yeah, it's not out of the realm that he's probably fast as well. Yeah, I, I would have been scared to try to outrace him, but Mike does a great job. He does. Mike's got cardio. He slams a big ass door, and then yeah, and so then we and see like the hand kind of getting slammed inside the door wedge, creepily. Yeah, because like the fingers are so moving, wiggling. and you hear like that creepy ass kind of like a I don't know like a screeching, weird fucking sound emanating. And then he he bust out that Bowie knife that he had. It came in hand for, right, for real this time. Cuts the fuck off those. Fingers. Cuts his fingers off. But Just he was cool. smart too because he had enough of this shit up to this point. No one's fucking believing me or him. He's like, I'm gonna bring back some evidence, man. And he was smart. He was smart. And he grabs about one it. of those fingers. He grabs a finger and he's. Oh, and let's point out the yellow blood. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, which also we it really in this this first film it doesn't explain what that stuff is. But later throughout the series, you find out exactly what that stuff is. So, a little bit of spoiler alert. I'm not going to give it away, but it does have significance, that yellow ooze. Um, and I think this is maybe the first time that we see it, if I'm not I mistaken. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's Good there's note. a bunch of it. Uh, I was just like, oh, God, that yellow bastard. <laughs> yeah, you yellow son of a bitch. They got him. Mike actually did some fucking damage, man. Yeah, Mike. Kudos. Dude, Mike, Mike's my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, Mike is, like I said, I, I like Mike a lot, man. He's he's awesome. He's a cool kid. I would have liked to hang out with him. But uh, but yeah, there's a strange, out. like he lets out a strange cry of pain or yeah. anger. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's too strange to really it, it is. categorize, it, I guess. But I, Maybe a little primal. Who knows? But well, uh, but on the way out, because he's going back through the entrance, that, that little basement part or whatnot. Yeah, he gets back through the basement, but, popping um, out the window. Yeah, a little minion grabs him. Mm-hmm. Or a little dwarf grabs him on the way out. But, you know, he escapes. He loses his, his fucking shoe, but whatever. Yeah, I, he gets out of there. I'd risk a, a you know, a Jordash. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Uh, but, yeah, he starts running down the street at that point. He's out, man. He got away. And um, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he's going back home to, to show uh, Jody what's happening, man. Mm-hmm. At least I, I got some evidence this time, man. You know. Uh, then is that when they show him on the stairs at home? Yeah, he's. Um, it goes to him. I guess you know he's. Well, I think I closes back in up on that finger, and it's still wiggling. Yeah, it's actually it's in the box or what looks oh, like a little right. box. It's wiggling around, but he's yeah he's on the on the stairs. With uh, a rifle or a shotgun. Yeah, he's he's sleeping, Something. man. He's had a fucking full day. Could you imagine that day? Right. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a Jesus, long day. Jesus Murphy. And man. Jody walks up to find him there. Yeah, Jody comes out. I don't know if it's out of the bathroom or his bedroom, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it, he comes out and uh, yeah, he notices his little brother on the stairs and uh, he wakes him up, kind of see what's going on. Guess what? <laughs> Mike has evidence I got, and Jody believes him. You know, and that's a cool thing because he opens that box and that's like I said, you see that that fucking finger. And, and the yellow, yellow ooze, and he's, and, and he's like, he, he, no questions asked. He's like, I believe you. He's like, yep, yeah, okay. Yep. So how do we how do we do this? Like, yeah, well, we, you know exactly. What, where do we go from here? And um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I think um, Jody's kind of like, you know, let's get let's get some some stuff together. Let's gather it up, kind of get you know get our shit together right. here. And so he goes back up um, into the room. I guess you know the, the, to get it kind of get his shit together at this point. Yeah, so he, you know he starts to like I said he starts to tell uh, Jody about the, the tall man at, at Tommy's funeral, right? Um, you know, kind of telling him you know, what all these series of events that's going down, um, everything that happened. Yeah, you know, it lets him know that he's he spied on him at the funeral. He saw like super strong. Yeah, super strong. Jody's home. like shit. I helped carry that. Yeah, like he's that. like man, that thing must. It was it was a mother to, to yeah. carry that. You know, there was a what a good six to eight pallbearers. Yeah, and he's like, no, there's no way he was able to do that. He's like, well, 
Yeah, and that's you know, and then, but like I said, another cool thing like you brought up is that they they don't over rationalize things. It's like, here are the facts. This is what or what we assume are the facts. Right. This is what I saw. Here's the still moving finger. So I guess he probably did. You know, he's like, all right, still pretty. It's unbelievable, but he probably did it. It's still crazy enough to believe though, because here is here's some you know fucking evidence, man. So yeah, so you know, he tells him about all this stuff. Um, Then he, you know, Jody tells Mike, all right, get get some stuff together upstairs. He goes back up there and and looks at the killer at. At, at the, the finger, yeah, he he wants to go check on the finger, but he notices like that little latch that's keeping the little box. Uh, it's it's open. He's like, oh, that's weird, you know. And he opens it up. Fucking killer beetle, <laughs> big ass. What the fucking shit? Beetle, dude. beetle from hell. Yeah, man. Could you, uh, holy shit, man. Well, and, you just get a quick glance of it at first. I don't know. Like up here, I'll, I will say this uh, just real quick. Up here, you guys are at least. I haven't seen them very much as, as like what we call June bug cockroaches up here. Mm-hmm. In the south, those fucking things fly. And they'll fly in your hair. So that's what it makes me think of when I see those fucking things. It's like, it's creepy enough seeing, you know, cockroaches, June bugs, whatever fucking yeah. you call them, crawling around. But it's another thing when they get up and they have fucking wings and they can fly in your hair and spit right. the shit at you. But so, this yeah. thing was even nastier. It's this like, was... it's like give, pump those things full of steroids. It's like you cross like Coming a cockroach from a country. with like a Goliath beetle. Yeah, this thing could have been with like a red eyes and look kind of fuzzy Godzilla too. Movie. Yeah, it, it it is weird. It's it's in his hair, but it's and, well, on and it looks like it grows at first too. Because yeah. when you first see it, it kind of just looks like red eyes and exactly. a mean mouth and like a slight fuzzy, like almost like worm body. Almost. Yeah, not like I said nothing. But you only see it for like half a second. Nothing as big as it comes out of his fucking head, man. That shit's scary. But yeah, he's he's struggling with it and. uh I think he gets like um, one of his his flannel long sleeve shirts, whatnot. Gets right. it inside the fucking uh, inside the shirt and struggles with it down the stairs because now he's got something else to fucking deal with, and this is bigger than the fucking finger, man. Right, and it's it's pulling him around. <laughs> I mean, but it's yeah. not pulling him around. It's obvious how this is being. Oh done, well, yeah, and that's this is this is he's fighting. This is with one of the few. I feel like one of the few <laughs> parts of the movie where it's a little shtickish. Yeah, it's 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 almost more comedy. Yeah, definitely. yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, if you're familiar with Don Coscarelli, you, you come to find out that he does use a little, little you know, a little eh, shtickish humor. But uh, yeah, he's struggling with it. Uh, but something and else. Jody that, has to join in. <laughs> yeah, Jody's like, "What the shit, man? You're um, supposed to get some supplies upstairs." <laughs> yeah, and so he he helps him. He's they're struggling with it in the kitchen. And uh, they the go over. work it to the garbage disposal. Yeah, that thing's going down the hatch, man. We got to get rid of it. I, you know, and I'm like, finger, okay, yeah, of course, garbage disposal in a horror movie. Yeah. All the time. You Why never not? have houses without garbage disposals. Yeah, I feel like they, they were customary in, in that time period, like huh. 60s, 70s, whatever. When you had it and it was readily available, fuck it, man. I'm using it. But yeah, yeah you're right. They get it to the, the garbage disposal. And then, uh, then Reggie kind of pops up. Right after it gets yeah, like, right he completely after. misses. Yeah, and, and it's and it's uh, like I said, a little, almost like a comic relief yeah. sense. Like he just pops out and like, "Hey guys, what's going on, Bob? Like we just, we, I just saw a finger in a box with we yellow. Just got attacked by a fucking beetle, a big beetle. That was just hell beetle, and then hell beetle's back. Oh yeah, well, that fucker comes right back out of the garbage as well. He's not done. No, and you like said, so you go from uh, from struggling with it to seeing your buddy pop in asking about it. And then boom, it's right back out. So yeah, this is for Reggie. This is like this is shit my pants moment. And it, it, it kind of looks like it bounces off Reggie for a second, but it's it's kind of going after Mike. Yeah, it's going right back for Mike. Um, 
which once again that's a part of the tall man that's you know like it ties back and like he knows mike yeah he this knows is mike's this, this is everything that has to do with mike nobody else really at this point it's about mike uh, but they managed to still get it back into the garbage disposal. Oh, this disposal. time, man. This time. <laughs> they make sure it's all yeah, shoved they're, down they're in They're not there. fucking around, dude. They, they, they got it, man. They got it. So then they're they're really starting to get ready to try to do this shit. Yeah. So like I said, at, the, at this point, like I said, you, you, all throughout the film, you got all these weird series of events. Now this is starting to get a little bit more serious because now we everybody's starting to see it um, you know, come to fruition. It's not just Mike. Jody seeing it, Reggie seeing it, and they're getting attacked at this point. Too. Yeah, like, so it's it's it's, uh, it's one thing to see and maybe imagine things, and another thing to get physically harmed by what people what might assume as illusions. Um, so yeah, so anyhow, Jody's at this point he's given uh, Mike a like a pump shotgun for protection. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're gearing up, man. They're they're bringing ammo to the party. <laughs> yeah, know? can't blame them. Uh, and then Jody. Tells him that you know I'm gonna go to the to uh, Morningside the funeral home and inspect, see what's really going on. Well, something something uh, jumped out to me first. Yeah. Uh, growing up a lot, around a lot of guns, uh, and I had I mean I I was given my first gun at age five. Uh, I wasn't allowed to own BB guns, yeah. so that it wouldn't make me disrespect the power of what real guns have. No, but I was yeah. given my own gun at the age of five, and I could go out shooting with my dad and stuff. And Jody gives Mike a little speech on using the gun no, that I a heard point. a bunch of different variations of growing up in a, a gun culture uh, out here in rural Montana. Uh, and he, he points out, don't point it at a man unless you intend to shoot him. Don't shoot him unless you intend to kill him. Exactly. No warning shots. Or warning shots shoot. are bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> warning shots them. are bullshit. <laughs> I like that. Because, you know, like I said, if, if you're dealing with um, a tall man that can do all that crazy shit, has superpowers, and you're getting loaded up like that, the last thing you want to do is pump off a fucking warning shot. Because that's not going to do anything except for piss him off. Right. Uh, but, no, I mean, that was just kind of... I've heard variations film, of that. I've, I've heard variations of that phrase uh, sort of as a harsh warning in gun safety while growing up from from just the different locals and it's, stuff talking about it's very like, real you don't don't point a gun at a man unless you're intending to shoot him exactly and that was just a that was just the stern reminder to to watch your barrel where you're pointing your yeah it's, it's a respect because he was kind of getting a little aimless with it mm-hmm. and that's when he he told mike you know hey this is the deal and so that really got me. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I know that. Like yeah. But how many times do you hear that? Like in any film where they, all right, let's do a little bit of gun safety real quick. Yeah. Like hey, by the way, this how is long did it take? Just take a few seconds. Yeah. But it's poignant to the point, and he he got it. He yeah. got it. That's a good point. And then, like I said, uh, Jody's on his way to the funeral home. He wants Mike uh, to stay back. And just kind of guard the fort, get some ammo, you know, stuff of that nature. So, of course, Mike doesn't do that. Nah, Mike Mike has other intentions, man. You know? Um, so, anyhow, we, we see Jody. Um, he goes back. This is at night once again. Yeah. He goes back to um, the funeral home. Beautiful, beautiful place, man. And just gorgeous. Uh, I'm always impressed by that place. Every time they show it, it, yeah. it looks really And, you know, nice. and, and the awesome thing is it's, it's still there. It's That's still cool. there. So... If uh if you ever wanted to visit and you're a big fan, it's still there. That's neat. Uh, but yeah, they, like I said, he he's back. Um, he knows about uh, the knocked out window. Mike informs him. So he goes this back is, to the basement. Yeah, he goes back down to the basement, inspects around, um, and then at this point, um, 
gets, gets attacked, attacked by a midget. Yeah, you know, and then like I said, knowing that there's kids inside of it, <laughs> it kind of, <laughs> you know, it's like it gives it a different meaning. But the point is, is he's getting attacked by a dwarf, but it's actually a kid. It's latched onto his back. And he's struggling. It's coming at its head. It's trying to bite at his neck, it seems like. Yeah, it's hard man. to tell because it's all hooded. Yeah, because yeah, it, it does. I, I felt like that little fucking thing clamped down yeah. on Jody, man, on his back. and might have even clamped down on his shoulder at some point. But then uh, something that I thought was badass, because it might run in the family, is the way that, that he got that dwarf off his back, man. He pulls out that, that fucking revolver pistol. He doesn't even put it up to its its head or anything. He's trying to up in the air, He's up in the air, make oh. sure that it's not shooting quite at his own head. Yeah, that's that's way too close for comfort, man. Yeah, no, and I'm pretty sure that if that gun was real, he would have broke his wrist trying to fire it like man, that. Man, he yeah, if he didn't shoot himself in the back of the fucking head, he would have broke his wrist. But it was still awesome. It was. I loved it. I like that part. I like that part still. because that is that's like like I say it's a little stickish, but that shows how badass that family is. You don't fuck with that family. And then. He does pop a few, pops a few more shots into it. Oh yeah, and yeah. gets the fuck out of there. He's like, I'm done exploring this. That, place. You know that? Yeah. At that point, that's all he needed to see. Like, I seen fingers. I seen beetles. Now I'm seeing these fucking dwarfs that my brother or Mike did explain to me in the garage. Like, is, this he's not bullshitting anymore. It's not a game anymore. But yeah, he's out. And you see headlights following. Yeah, exactly. He's out. Um, and he's actually he's with the Cuda. Uh, once mm-hmm. again, so yeah, he's peeling off out of the out of the funeral home, morning side. Yeah, and you're right. We see a pair of headlights start to follow. Um, you do see a figure initially in the hearse driving, right? Um, but uh, not this, later on. Exactly, not later on. Which is like says a little little goof there. No big deal. Not that it's in any, any you know. So I thought the same thing though, because yeah, almost almost immediately after once, well, he ends up getting Mike. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it it is. You're right. Um, it's Mike appears because uh, when that hearse appears, he's shooting out of the hearse. Yeah, yeah. Because it's coming. And you after see him. somebody. Yeah, you're right. You, you see somebody in the hearse. Like I said, a little. You don't know who the hell it is, but you do. Uh, but then another car approaches at that point, and, and he almost shoots. He almost it, shoots. But he, it's like Mike. He, he's standing in his ground. Yeah, and he he goes up to the passenger side door. And another thing I wrote that's a little bit funny if you're into that kind of weird humor <laughs> mike's like uh damn door lash some shit like that like the whole point of mike or jody getting freaked out and you know having that interaction yeah. uh, is because he couldn't get door lash <laughs> but yeah you know he tells him hop in and um so th- they're driving off they're out of there man uh, almost immediately at that point he mentions nobody's driving the hearse and i yeah. was like i just saw somebody driving the hearse but from then on, you don't see anybody driving the hearse. Exactly. So. Like I said, we're not going to over-rationalize this. He didn't see He didn't see anybody in there. Nobody's in there. Right. You know. There we go. And so this is another chase scene at this point. So this, this film does have a little bit of chase scenes in it. And these two continue to be badass because you get yeah, Jody fucking they? popping out of the sunroof. Yeah, he tells him the pump's in the back. Grab the pump. Uh, you know, kind of let, uh, let the hearse catch up to him a little bit. He's yeah. gonna pump a couple well, they, shells into. They let him pull straight up beside. Yeah, him. they're kind of ramming each other at this point uh-huh. too. Like you know, <laughs> Mike on the wheels. He, he's a real deal. Yeah, Jody takes a couple shots. Yeah. into the into the windshield to to see if anything would happen. Exactly, nothing, nothing. So yeah, at this point, 
we know, or at least it's it's known that there's nobody driving that hearse. It's just following them. So then he's like, hey, Mike, I'm going to take a couple shots at the engine. Yeah, speed up a little bit. Let, let's pull out a little bit in front so I can get a good shot at the engine. And he does. He pumps a couple shells uh, into to the hearse's uh, hood yeah. engine. Something fucks up. Yeah, so, you know, at this point, he probably got enough buckshot in there, the damage, whatever, carburetor, you name it. In yeah. the parts. And it goes off or wrecks to the side of the road. Yeah, hits a pole, blows up. Um, you know, at this point, I'm thinking, hell, it's, you know, whatever the hell was in there, it's, it's no, over with. Blowing up was later on. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. This, they pull away from it a little bit. They come back to investigate, and they find one of those dwarves. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Point. They all open up the hood, and it's Tommy. Yeah, the, whatever was driving, it was it was one of the dwarves that was driving, apparently, or was in there, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. It anyhow, it got impaled uh, because of the crash. So we see that when they pull it back, Tommy, and you see that that yellow ooze again, and his oh, face right. is kind of deformed, looking it's, almost yeah, clayish. Yeah, he's a little fucked up, but you can easily tell it's Tommy. Yeah, we know it's Tommy, and but, they, and they do a couple cuts so that you're like, oh, Tommy, Tommy, yeah, Tommy. oh yeah, oh yeah, Tommy. Well, oh yeah, there's his uh, there's his O face. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Tommy. Oh yeah, Tommy. Oh yeah, Tommy. <laughs> but you know that's a good way of of tying back a character that didn't really have a huge influence but was still kind of significant because that kind of kick-started things and now this is hugely because they're now they're like oh so the dwarves are the dead exactly um and at this point one has to assume that anything that's in that that cemetery mausoleum graveyard is a potential dwarf exactly um, <laughs> so that's all anybody in that cemetery is a potential dwarf anybody's a potential dwarf. yeah the potential <laughs> Uh, so they they give Reggie a call and tell him to get his truck down. Yeah, there. they're they're in something that we, you know, the the last time I saw one of these was in Kalispell. It's in a neighborhood. Uh, they're at a payphone. They're at a payphone. <laughs> they're at a payphone and give Reggie a call. Yeah, which also I thought was Jody's best acting in the whole movie because yeah. he seemed really down during that part. But Jody, man, he's he also like... refused to tell Reggie. Because yeah. one of the first things Reggie shows up, he's like, "Damn it, you could have told me it was Tommy." Yeah, I, I mean, he kept it real. He didn't want to shock him over the phone because that's that's a fucked up thing to drive to if you already have that in your head. Mm -hmm. But you know, he's like, "You know what? We're going to deal with it when you get here. I'm not going to, you know, get your hopes up, whatever." But yeah, he he informs him there was a car crash. We're out in the valley. That's where I said we we start to figure out that he tells him that we're in the groves, mm -hmm. you know, section whatnot. And uh, yeah, so. Tommy's on his way, and uh, Tommy once again shows up with his, his ice cream well, truck. Well, yeah, oh, Reggie, Reggie shows up Reggie with his ice, with his ice cream truck. They, uh, they load Tommy into the back, yeah, into Tommy the cooler. The they um, make sure to padlock it. Yeah, because they smart, know that man. weird shit can happen at this weird point. Weird shit happens. They're being smart. The, I love this movie because they're smart. Yeah, they're rational. So, they're logical, they're rational. One thing. Uh, you you don't have to listen to a horror podcast no. to know that horror movie victims are usually really stupid. Like, that's oh, that's a long standing joke. We yeah, all that's, that. that's a stereotype that will never die. I, I feel like in horror movies, it's always going to be there. But this is a film where these guys got their shit together. And they're, 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 trying, to do, they're trying to do what they can to take yeah. care of it. They're like, we're going to put the dwarf Tommy in the back of this ice cream truck because we already know that maybe the cold has something to do with them not. You know, not reacting well. If nothing else, it's a corpse. It's going to be in the cold. That seems to make yeah, sense. Yeah, this is enough evidence that we need. That mm -hmm. This is Tommy. This is what's going on. Uh, Reggie's a little bit worried about his ice cream, but I think ice cream at this point, you know, whatever. We can always replace ice cream. You can't replace shit like right. this in the back of your trunk. 
So I think they go back to, I'm guessing Reggie's place, because it seems like it was a place that we hadn't seen before, but it, it looked like it was a house. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, or they, an apartment or some sort, because he runs into that black lady. That yeah, It's like the, one I, of the only like true jump scares in the movie. Exactly. She comes out and kind of spooks him. Uh, it's because we don't see her at, at uh, Jody's and Mike's. Um, it, it is presumed at this point that it's, she might be a, uh, like a maid, or she might be a, a, a house sitter, or, you know. So I, on him, I, I, whatever. I, I thought I thought maybe he lived in a I don't know because it kind of maybe he was in an apartment complex in the hallway but then yeah. that didn't seem right either the no he I was definitely inside of, of the of his abode his dwelling yeah uh, but yeah he's like kind of just kind of walking meandering down a little little hallway in his in his home and then uh, the lady pops out and spooks the shit out of him and she's like are you back are you guys back are yeah you done? so he was freaked out yeah he's like Jesus Christ Myrtle you gave me a fucking heart attack yeah. He gets away from her. They have a, They start talking about okay, what the shit are we gonna do? How are we gonna take care of this? Yeah. So uh, one thing I like too that they use in this film is they use a fireplace, mm-hmm. and that fireplace looks cozy as shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're all discussing um, you know the strange events uh, by that fireplace and Reggie, this is all that's gone on. Reggie's starting to get pumped up too, man. Like he wants to stomp fucking tall man's face. He wants to he wants right. to do some harm. But Mike. Quickly put, points out to He's him. He's like, man, this that jo- mother's strong. <laughs> yeah, that mother's strong, dude. You know, you're getting yourself into Reggie. It's like just because you got the power of the skull, it doesn't mean you can fuck with this guy. Right, it's not happening. But you're right. Like I said, Mike talks a little bit of sense into him. Um, and uh, anyhow, uh, like I said, Reggie wants some answers. He wants to stomp some answers out of the tall man. See what the hell's going on, right? And so they're discussing. Look. We're going to do this. I guess, I guess Jody and Reggie are going to do this, and you're going to stay with Sally. That was one of the, the parts. With how smart they had been being the entire movie, I was yeah. like, so you're going to send them somewhere. I mean, antiques aren't exactly known for being, like, the strongest things. No, exactly. Like, they're fragile, man. They're fragile. So you're going to send them, like, just be surrounded by fragility. Yeah, it's it's like a uh, it's like sending a bull in a china shop with all the weird shit that's been happening. Like, true, he might not be, like, heading straight into the lion's den with you guys. No. Like, I, I can I can understand at least wanting to but keep him enough, away from that. Yeah, they said there's enough weird shit going on without the tall man that... But he seems to know what he's doing. Like, just yeah. let him barricade himself in his house or something. Like, yeah, Mike. Like, so we we know that Mike's not a dummy, and we know he can hold his own. So have have Myrtle hang out with him. Yeah, I think I think she'll scare the shit out of the fucking tall. Jody's man. just being a big brother. He's just playing the big brother part at this point. Yeah. Being, a, being kind of a dick. He ends up having to go to the antique shop. All right, so we're we're in the the antique shop with uh, with Mike. And uh, this is the first time they were introduced to uh, two new characters in the film. Right. Um, um, which is Sally, which is... I'm not sure if she's a family member or... Just, I wasn't it, sure on either of them. Yeah, I, I mean... I kind of felt like them being introduced this late, yeah. they were either going to be... They were going to be in and out in some way, and I didn't even really bother. Yeah, they weren't characters that... that they, they're not going to play like a significant role, but like I so said, they're two new characters, uh, Sally and Susie, and um, I don't know. They're just kind of—I guess they're closing up shop, maybe. Yeah, and Mike's just sort of hanging yeah, out. Mike's just, shit. He's not really even paying attention to them. I mean, they're just kind of—they're not really paying attention to him per se. They're just kind of passively talking to him, letting him know if he gets tired. You know, there's a place that he can crash out. He's not really interested in that. He goes over and finds a an old photo album. Right, with some old photos in it, and uh, I thought this was really cool because this this is another scene that kind of plays throughout the franchise. Uh, but this is where he discovers 
uh, maybe the age or maybe the significance of how long the tall, tall man, man been around. has been around. Yeah. There's a, there's a picture. Yeah. It's a black and white photo of, uh, of the tall man and a, uh, like a horse and buggy carriage, maybe. Yeah. Horse drawn hearse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, he's, but then this, and it, it's moving, it's animated. It like, it comes to life at that point. It kind of like it looks at turns Mike. and looks at Mike. Yeah, it looks at Mike just for a few moments, and, and then, then turns back, and right it's back like into how his it picture. Was. Yeah, and it's it's like what the fuck is going on? And Mike immediately goes, and he's like, "No, I he tells Sally, yeah, no questions, drive me home." And she's okay, right? I mean, I thought you're 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 basically have been told that you're babysitting. And your kid's like, no questions. This has to happen. Like, yeah, he's like, man, like, like what? Do you, that's that's how you react. You're like, okay, like if it's that serious, like I, I feel like you're not my kid. I feel like an appropriate time to put this in would be ride, Sally, ride. That's kind of what he was telling her. He's like, mm-hmm. let, we got to get out of here. Yeah, let's get the fuck. Yeah, and so then we go from from like I said, seeing that scene because that's a that's a significant. Uh, scene not only for Mike but for for people who watch the entire franchise because it does play an important part in in how this story develops over time. Um, but yeah, we go from that uh, going straight to Reggie and his truck, and you hear the thumping and kind of like that growling. the animal noises. And yeah, shit. And you're like, oh, you know what that means shit, by now. You're man. like, that's dwarves. That yeah, that's that's fucking Tommy in the back. He woke up. Yeah, like that's not good. Yeah, and no. you hear it on the roof of his ice cream truck. And then you have you, it, we pretty much just cut to Jody at that point. Yeah, right? I think I think you almost hear like a like almost like that latch maybe kind of pops open, but you don't you don't see it, but you kind of hear, maybe hear it right before it cues to. See, I thought it was I thought that was the sound of them just moving more up onto directly over him on the yeah, that's a good point too. Roof, yeah, too. because it's there's a lot of rumbling back there instead of just you know like crawling gradually yeah. up. I see, the, you, man, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm not sure it could have been either way. Like you hear noises though, and you're like, "Shit's about to go down." You yeah, cut away, man, so you don't got, know what happened. By yourself in an ice cream truck, and you got some weird shit in the back of your junk, on top of your fucking the free. Yeah, some weird shit's going on, man. You're, it's not good. Yeah, but then then it goes from that. We go right to Jody. Um, he's he's laying back, and uh, I guess in like a, a sofa seat uh, by the fireplace, kind of nodding out. Yeah. Um, but then as he's he nodding out. out he uh, he wakes up in a dream state in the mausoleum, and who's looming over him at this point? Tall man. Tall man. Of course, tall man. man. Tall man's not only in Mike's dreams at this point, almost in a familiar scene, but with different furniture per mm-hmm. se. But kind of same, like I said, same overall feel. Like he's looming over uh, this particular person. In this case is Jody in the mausoleum because that, that might be a very significant place. For Jody, because that's where his his parents are at. Right, and that, I mean now now he's kind of targeted. Yeah, he's targeted. Like, like Tall Man knows who he is too. Exactly. So not only is Mike fucked, but Jody's fucked because they're both appearing in his or in in the dreams. The Tall Man's both in their dreams, both playing a significant part in what's going on at this point. Yeah. So no, like I said, he's not only he's he's looming over him. Then then you see like. The dwarfs busting out of the the caskets oh, inside right. the mausoleum too. So, like, so you get this familiar sense that not only what Mike is experiencing, but his brother, a family is experiencing this shit. So you know, same like, sort of thing. Yeah, same thing. Like I said, just different setting, maybe. But yeah, like I said, I think that was a kind of cool connection with the brothers and how they interact 
with a tall man, or at least how he's interacting with them. And I wonder with what happens later, if it's significant at all, more significant at all that, that Jody's was closer inside to kind yeah, of... Yeah, inside the... It, uh, it was to where, like, beast. tall man really is. Yeah, that's a Whereas good Mike's too. was kind of on the outskirts. He was. His was more in the, in the cemetery, graveyard. And yeah, you're right. Jody was more inside. And I think, too, because uh, in the beginning of the film... Jody's inside. He's actually inside during the funeral procession. So, right. Yeah, that's a good point, man. That's a great point. So yeah, the so Mike's, after Mike's that, heading. Yeah. He, you, well, actually, you know, Jody kind of he comes he back. Ca- to, yeah, he comes back up. He wakes up a little bit. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a dream, but it's is a very important dream because and he's like this, this connection is fucking freaky. Yeah, and then uh, so yeah, we cue back to uh, to Mike and Sally and Susie and uh, I guess was it like a VW Beetle or whatever it is. Yeah, at this yeah, point. it was a VW. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, and then he sees the tipped ice cream truck. Yeah, he does. He they, he sees Reggie's truck. Uh, yeah, and he tells him turn back around. And so they turn around. He gets out and goes and takes a look. Yeah, and uh, he he goes back to the back where the, I guess the freezer section is. That padlock is, and it's ripped off. It's ripped off, man. Something came out, um, and you still see that yellow ooze. Yeah, is something yeah, that I, I noted. I noted the pool of yellow still. Yeah, there. so like I said, so we're starting to see maybe uh, what's going on with this yellow substance. Maybe it's like a reanimation uh, serum of some sort. Maybe, you know. I just keep thinking of that yellow bastard, and I'm like, I'm waiting for yellow Bruce bastard. Willis to, to punch in somebody's face. But. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Mike, like I said, discovers that uh, we don't see Reggie. No uh, Reggie. There's no dwarf in the back of where you know where Jody and Mike had left Reggie at this point, um, and it, the fucking truck it's, is wrecked, man. Yep, pool yellow truck is wrecked. Yeah, padlocks ripped off. So at this point, I you know Mike's Mike's a little he's. He's panicky a little bit, man. He goes back uh, to Sally and Susie, and he gets in the back of the, the Beatles. Like, we got to get out of yeah, here. Let's get the fuck out. Yeah, let's get out. And you know, Sally's kind of like, "What's going on?" Well, then the dwarf show back up. Yeah, so you start seeing like the door latch on the passenger side kind of wiggle up, and he's he's telling he's uh, like, Susie, "Do go. not we open go. that. Don't do that. Don't yeah. stop it." And of course, she opens the door, and there's the dwarves, and they they pop in, they attack. Yeah, they they swarm in. Yeah, you don't it's, have much room to be fighting in a. Beetle. It's like opposite clown car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead of a shit ton of things coming out, you They're just have in. them just swarming in. Yeah, and there's there's like I said, you got Sally and Susie in the front seat struggling, and you got Mike, Mike in the, the back. back seat, and he's getting he's getting kind of. Thwarted a little bit, you know. He's yeah. getting hit pretty hard. And, you know, they're all putting up a good fight, and the fight yeah. goes on for a little bit longer than I thought. They're they kind of linger on it for a little bit, and they're just yeah, kind of I mean, tussling they, with them. You know, and like I said, it's a good struggle, but it's not overdone, right? Uh, but then it sort of ends with the, Mike. Uh, he gets he gets, he gets slammed out the n- back of yeah, the window, which that had to have hurt like balls, dude. Man, Fucking. Yeah, because he does. Um, he falls in the in the middle of that road that they're on. And uh, Sally and Susie, and I guess and the, the car the just takes off. Yeah, they're gone, and Mike's out at this point. You know, he got fucked up. Yeah, um, which I, you know, you take a fall like that out the back of a VW but a Beetle, you're gonna go to sleep for a little bit. They do. Oh my god, I had to make special note of this because, you know, I swear to God, it felt like in ten seconds they flashed back and forth between Mike and Jody like. Ten times. Oh yeah, and it was just like Mike Jody, Mike Jody, Mike Jody, Mike Jody, Mike Jody. Yeah, and you know, and if you're if you write notes down too, man, it, it's easy to to start you know swapping names because of that. Like I said, you, you keep panning back and forth between these two characters, but um, like I said, they're important scenes because it shows you like 
these connections, what's going on. It's leading up to something big, you know. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting up. Yeah, he's running back. He um, runs back. I wrote down fucking it's run forest run style. Like he seems <laughs> out of it, but yeah, he's, he is, he's going man. to town. He knows where he's going. Well, like I said, at this point, Reggie's gone, Sally's gone, Susie's gone. The only person really who's still there is Jody, so that's who he's going back yeah. to at this point. He goes in, runs in. Yeah. Before he starts selling Jody anything, he grabs Jody's Dosakis. Oh man, he's like, yeah, exactly. He's like because Mike is the biggest badass in the film. Yeah, he is, man. You know, Mike is distraught. Jody's comforting him, but he is rational enough to say, "Hey, there's a beer. I want to get a. I want to get a swig in, man. Fuck this." No questions asked. No questions asked either. That's that's badass, man. That's a cool family. Those guys would be cool to hang out with. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he's kind of comforting him. Um, and as he's, you know, after he chugs that beer, uh, he explains what happened to Sally, uh, that Sally and Susie and Reggie are back at Morningside. Um, you know, at this point, I guess, I don't know, Jody kind of snaps a little bit, man. He's trying to get Mike back up to his room and he's yeah, forcefully he doing it. him safe somewhere. And yeah, he... I, you know... That you know that's that's a great point you know because he is he's protecting him but he knows that that Mike's a fighter and <laughs> he's attacking. Yeah, he puts up a fight. He does. Man. He has to fucking. He picks him up though, and he he hauls physically him hauls room. him up to his room, throws him in there, he uses that screwdriver, uses screwdriver shut him in. Which I I had to write down the note. I'm like, it's like opposite Rugrats, where you you know, yeah. Tommy always uses <laughs> yeah. a screwdriver to get out. To and get now out, screwdriver is being used to keep him in. See, this this is the the connections with, with Phil. I opposite love it. Rugrats. There you go. Yeah. So if you're familiar, yeah, opposite. Uh, but yeah, but you know, one thing I liked about about Mike's room was that he had that huge uh, kind of like moon landing. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Poster on his wall. It was a huge poster. I was like, that is dope. Yeah, he had kind of a big room. He did. He had a nice room, man. Yeah, that um, was cool. Yeah, like I said, it was a nice home, well kept. I mean, those guys, for being badasses, they had discipline. Yeah. I mean, no, everything was, was cool. immaculate. And he starts, Mike is such a little badass. He just starts sitting around. Yeah. And he starts figuring out, okay, what do I have? I, I mean, he throws a little bit of a fit. He throws a little bitch fit. I mean, but that's, you know, it's okay. <laughs> he's going through puberty and all that good stuff. Whatever. Yeah. And he's, he's had a fucked up last couple of days, man. Yeah. And he starts, he's like, oh, shit, so what I have a find? shotgun so- shell. Got a shotgun shell. Got, I have what was attack. Like, attack. I have a hammer. Got a hammer. And I got some, some tape. tape. A double-sided tape, I think. So MacGyver, what do you do? As MacGyver, I'm thinking, all right, I got a door problem. I got some shells, some ammunition. and I got, I, I got I, an explosive. I got an explosive, and I see a way out of the situation. So what does he do? He sticks the tack into the back of the shell, so it'd be acting as an improvised pin. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Lines up the hammer behind it. Yeah, and I think it was like a peen hammer, maybe. Yeah, so that it, it nice and it's flush. it's directly up against it, and it's flush. Exactly. And it's gonna it's gonna strike it in nice and nice and straight. But not only that, he had enough foresight to know that that tape was gonna hold all that in place. And then he wraps the tape around, so yeah. it holds it straight in place. MacGyver the shit out of that. And he walks up to the fucking door, and he... Bam. You know, bam, the, the cool thing, stick. too, is that if you're familiar with, like, shotgun shell, they don't make that sound. No. It was almost like a magic poof. Like a poof. But... Like, it worked. It worked. He he blows just, you know, a nice little little hole in the door, breaches the door, reaches through, gets the, the screwdriver out. Yeah, but, you Mike know... Mike is a badass. You know, but the, I think kind of the sad part a little bit, too, is that this is a part, too, like, with all that struggle that he realizes that 
Jody might not be coming back because everybody at this point is gone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's part of the reason why he's doing that bitch fit too is because he 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 knew like you go in there you're not coming back out man he doesn't have too much time to contemplate that though because no, 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 no. yeah as soon as he's gone he's out man he's, he knows he's got to act and that that kid throughout this film has been acting and i like that well yeah but then he opens the door and tall man yeah tall man like oh shit and he does he grabs him by the scruff of his neck yeah and he's, he says i've been waiting for you or something like that yeah i've been waiting for you boy or some something you know yeah. something to that he magnitude. grabs him and he throws him to the back of the hearse yeah lifts him up throws him back of the hearse um like i said badass style too man um but you know a little bit before that too i mean he does get like a pistol from the mantelpiece oh, that's true yeah, uh, I, I for, almost forgot about that. But, you yeah. know, I actually, I, I like to kind of point out, because it's, it's kind of a cool scene, too, actually, before he, like, goes to the door and opens it and finds there's a tall man. It's, like I say, he goes, gets that pistol. Like, he's packing heat. He's going back. Opens the front door. There's a tall man, but the tall man kind of, he lifts his hand a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, I've been waiting for you. And then he, like, whoop, there's my fingers. <laughs> I got him back. <laughs> you know? Uh, jokes on you. <laughs> That's great. I, I guess I, I, I must have been like writing notes because yeah, I, I was paying notes, a little so. bit more attention because I, I mean, I kind of drifted a little bit in and out of the film, but I was like, I need to pay attention, and I saw that point. I was like, I don't think I ever remember seeing him do that. Like, he had his fingers like it looked like they were lopped off, and then he just kind of pointed him back. I like got him back, bitch. <laughs> and then yeah, then he drags him off to, in the back of the hearse, throws him in, that and they're going for funny. a ride back to uh, Morningside. And Mike continues to be a badass. Yeah, what does he do, man? He fucking he shoots out the window. Doesn't it, yeah, he got that pistol. He shoots out the back of the window. He's already been out one, and fuck it, this two ain't nothing. At this and point. then before just jumping out the window, he has enough foresight, or at least he shoots knowledge. down into the the vague location of the 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 wheel well. Yeah, the and wheel blows well, out exactly. one of the tires. Boom! So not not only does he have an escape route, he knows that uh, the tall man who's maniacally laughing at him. Uh, he's not going to be able to steer this horse any further than where he's wanting to go. And, you know, he jumps out. Uh, tall man crashes. Tall man pole. crashes. This shit blows up. The and thing just explodes. Yeah, and he's sitting there watching it at this point, you know, because I, I would think, you know, maybe he's gone. Maybe. Maybe at this point because that shit's – that was a good crash. Right. Uh, but and it does turn out that he is kind of really close to the funeral parlor by this point. Anyway, yeah, they're not they're not too far. So I would so think he that, immediately takes off. Yeah, I would think their home there. wasn't too far away from that. Maybe a few miles at best. Right, and so he sees it. He's heading in because he, he knows that's where Jody headed. Exactly, and uh, then it goes back to uh, to Jody, and Jody opens or he's back in that mausoleum uh, because you know we, we know that he's he's that's why he left. Mike behind because he's wanting to go and take care of business. Yeah, Jody's back. The shit so he's in the, he's in the mausoleum section and he's opening. Um, <coughs> I think it's his father's tomb, and you know at this point it reveals that the father's tomb is empty because he wants to see if if he they're using. Look. Oh, that's a good point. He, I think he he just goes into it. Jody goes in and he's kind of realizing that any one of the dead could yeah. have been made into a dwarf. So that means. His own father might be a dwarf. Yep. And he opens it up, but he keeps his vision up. And it, yeah, he's he says like, something like, it doesn't matter or something, but he never actually looks and he puts it back down. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that is right. He, he, uh, he, ha- he makes like a little comment to, to say that, you know, I'm sorry that I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Something of that point, but you're right. He doesn't look in, but he does lift, lift up the casket. And then um, it, it, op- it goes to Mike. Going in because he's caught up well, at this point. Before Mike, you see what the spheres see. 
Oh, there's yeah. the you hear the 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 high pitched or whatever that, the, that, that the piercing sphere yeah. sound because you're inside it now. Apparently, at this point, you're seeing a point of view, and the visions just red washed like you're seeing Montag in the cemetery. Yeah, you do. Uh, it turns completely red. Uh, yeah, and then it does. It has that point of view from the sphere, the orbs uh, going through the ha- halls of the mausoleum, and that's when Mike enters the mausoleum. Uh, I guess the discovery Jody must have moved on. Yeah, he's he's, he's not at that point yet, but he's he's kind of slowly catching up. Um, but you're right, Jody's not there, but he he sees the coffin. The coffin. It's he opens out. it up. Yeah. He also knows that any one of the dead exactly could be they're a dwarf. they're piecing it together. They're not dummies. These guys. And Mike takes a look. Yep. And he gets pissed. Not only is he pissed, but he, yeah, he darts off. Like, he's he's, he's ready. ready to go do this shit. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Jody appears behind Mike as another blade with those those blades yep. on the side. Blades pop up. out. It's coming at him. Yep. Jody. Jody's got the pump. Boom. Bam. It's gone. You know, that's, that's, a, that's I think that's the first one we see get dusted like that. Um, but there's more to come in the franchise. So, you know, don't worry about that. They they st- they're still in the franchise, my friends. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he he wastes it. Uh, Mike and Jody start walking off to the door because he starts telling him about that door. Right, like I ran away from the door. Yeah, there's a door. There's a door but we need there, to check out. There's a door that seems important, basically. Yeah, exactly. So they they start walking off uh, toward the door that we had noted earlier with uh, where there appears to be a row of busts or one carved out. You know, piece Relief of slab, yeah, of some sort. But it does; it, it appears to have some some kind of significance, even though it doesn't really explain it at this point. But I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it stands out. The it door, yeah, I, maybe it just signifies that it's an important room. Maybe that's the significance of it. But either way, there's something important inside there. And so, as they approach the door, um, out pops out our friend, Reggie. What the fuck? Yeah, Reggie, where you been? So at this point. Reggie little, tells little bit of, well here the thing is little details got hazy for me. It did. Until this reviewing, obviously, where everything gets corrected for me. Understandable. But when Reggie first shows up, I'm like, Tall man's a shapeshifter. We don't know what happened to Reggie. Reggie's now tall man. Yeah, I can see that. Because it's not out of the realm that that is within uh, the tall man's powers. Right. Yeah, he's he's able to shift into at this point, whomever he feels like, I suppose. Yeah, we don't know for sure, but we know he can turn into a woman. Yeah. Well, which looks vastly different from what he normally looks yeah. like. So and why not Reggie? Yeah, Reggie's a, a likely suspect as well. Why not? But you're right. So he, he kind of sneaks up on him at this point. He's been gone for a little while in the film at this point. We don't know what the hell happened to him because we see the truck is you know flipped over. There's nobody in it except for you know later on the dwarves pop out. Uh, yeah, and we know that the dwarfs were around. and But what happened to uh, Reg at this point, you know? Uh, but yeah, he pops out, uh, explains what happens to, I guess, much to my chagrin. Or not chagrin, but it, it's nice to know that Sally and Susie and maybe the granddaughter that was involved earlier, he helped them out, presumably maybe through that window. Yeah. He said they were running off like little scare bunnies or whatever it was. <laughs> Through the bushes. Which, once again, I was just like, that's a lie. That's a, that, that's a tall man lie. Tall man he, got some. Yeah, tall man probably still does have him, but Reggie was trying to be a hero. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, if he's trying to play it, he, he was selling it. But he does. And so uh, that's when they, they were like, I guess they're debating about going into, into the room itself. Right. And uh, they kind of have a little, little back and forth, a little bit back and forth about 
um, you know, be my guest. He's like, no, after you. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to go on this shit, man, no more than you do. But they do open, get in the room. It looks like it's just filled with like 50 gallon drum containers. Yeah. And I said, that's, um, it's plastic just, of the plastic ones. Yeah, exactly. So there's a plastic like drum barrels, maybe 55 gallons. Uh, you have like a little space where you can see maybe inside them with like mm-hmm. a visor, whatever it is. Which they don't do necessarily right, right away. No, no, no. they do get to it kind of soon. Exactly. But, you know, it is. They're stacked up in a in a white room yep. with the humming going on. And it's about half full. Yeah. And then you take a look off to the right and exactly. you see more of the room and it's a bit emptier on the other edge. Exactly. Not a very large room, but enough to hold like so a wall, maybe like a side wall and another side wall full of those barrels and then have some space where it's, you know, still got some, some comfort. Yeah. little And it's, but it's pretty much blank and there's these two steel poles sticking up out of the ground. Exactly. And Mike's kind of, he's kind of fucking around in that area. Yeah. He starts going, checking out. And Jody and, and, uh, Reg are kind of more inspecting those drum barrels and seeing what the hell's inside of them, trying to figure out what is this shit? And it's the dwarves. It's the dwarves. Yeah. So we, we know at this point now that, uh, these dwarves are being stored in drummers, but why? We don't know it yet. Yeah, and as like I said, as Jody and Reggie are kind of looking over the barrels, finding out about the dwarves, Mike's closer to those two uh, those metal pedestals that kind of look like those tuning forks from earlier. And his hand kind of goes in, comes back out, and it disappears for a moment. Yeah, it doesn't come through the other side no. when you're looking on when you're looking well, through sideways yeah. like they frame it. It doesn't come through the other side. He's no. sticking it into something. It's yeah. disappeared. We don't know. It is. It's just. It's just like an illusion, like a trick. It's disappeared once he stuck it past that. Those maybe the portal, right? Doorway, gateway, gateway. Yeah. And he pulls it back through. He does, and he kind of he does it a few times. And he does it again. Yeah, and then he's like, he "I'm going to check it out." Yeah. And, and this is where it goes back to the fortune telling at the beginning of the movie too. Uh, because we hear the uh, the fortune teller's uh, granddaughter, I presume, say, um, "Don't fear," mm-hmm. you know, and kind of sparks in him, "Hey, I'm not going to be afraid to check this out." And uh, uh, little does he know, he's going to get sucked into this thing. Sucks in, falls in. He's fallen, red mist all over. He can kind of see down into like yeah, a he has like this landscape. This, kind yeah, of. it has like so that's where that sci-fi element comes in. It's like this red backdrop, and he's having this free fall experience, and then he notices those dwarves, and, and it looks like almost like sand dunes. Yeah, like fucking Jawas, Jawas, planet of Jawas on a red planet, possibly, but with like maybe was it with like granite or some kind of. <laughs> Something. So whatever the surface was, it was like rocky surface. He gets it right away, though. Oh, he yeah. understands what's going on. Yeah, you know, and that's 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 another thing I like about these guys is that they didn't overthink the situation. Like, okay, this is what the barrel's for. This is why they're this small. This is <laughs> they they knew, man. Yeah, because yeah, uh, he gets caught by the belt by was it Reggie or Jody? I think both of them. I think both of them. I both of them and they, yeah, they both helped. Um, yeah, but he. Gets, I think it was Jody. He but... gets. He, yeah, he does. He gets. Grab by, I think it is Jody, back in before he he actually lands on that planet. Mm-hmm. And then he reveals to them, like... They're slaves. They're slaves, man. Uh, he's using them as slaves. And the reason why is because that planet that he was on, the gravity shrinks them. And that's why they're heavy. And that's why they're short, etc. 
and they're dressed like that with the heat. Yeah, exactly because of the heat. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they're they're cloaking up, um, you know. And then like as he's explaining that, boom, it lights just, out. Lights out. Everything's black. The humming stops, and it's like another oh shit moment, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. he flicks up the lighter to get some light. Yeah, he uses the lighter to illuminate the room, and guess what's what's in the room? Face to face with a midget. Face to face with a midget. He's face to face with Vern Troyer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I, you know I'd have fun with Vern. I like Vern. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd be okay with that. But midget but, uh, attack yeah. in the dark. Yeah, exactly. So there's a struggle, um, and then as that happens, then you hear Reggie's voice. So Reggie uh, becomes more of like a kind of a, a central figure at this point, and. Uh, He's alone in the dark, and then, like I said, he has that oh shit moment. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we see like I guess Jody's outside. Somehow Jody gets outside, and he's looking for Mike because he's calling after Mike. And he's running about and shit. Yeah. So it's like a real quick pan to Jody outside. I mean, he got outside quick. I don't know how that happened. Um, but he's out there. He's out there looking for Mike. Jody's still inside, and then that's when the lights turn back on, and he's alone in the room. And you get a couple flashes back to the tune before. You do. Um, because, I, you know, he, once again, these guys are, they're on it. Um, they're musicians. They're musicians. They're on it. They're badasses. You know, they have a variety of skill, these guys, apparently. But he recognizes those two pedestals as tuning forks. And that's maybe where that hum is coming from. And he's, he's tuning it out or, like, flattening it back out. So, yeah, so he walks up to it, and he puts his hands on tops of it. Yeah. Gets and knocked back by some sort of force. He does. And, you know, and that's another thing, too. Like, throughout the film's history, those those are another significant pieces of uh, conic, uh, pieces of uh, props. Because, like I said, that throughout the, the franchise, that's what you see is those, those two pedestals as the portals, apparently. Mm-hmm. But you're right. He gets knocked back. Um, apparently, he like maybe he knocked that power out because the humming stops. You know, it it knocks the shit out of him. He gets knocked back. Um, but then there seems to be a wind sucking everything sort of into it. Yeah, exactly. So he starts to get pulled in. The barrels start flying off the walls back into that portal. Uh, and he's struggling, I mean, because it's, it's powerful. But uh, he does manage to get back to the door, or at least to frame of the door, and pull himself out of the room and get out of the room at this point. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jody's outside still, and you see him go by... Where it looks like the lady in lavender is waiting yeah, with a knife. Exactly. And so you're like, oh shit, what's about to happen to him? Like, what's going on? Uh, she does. She appears uh, behind Jody with a knife, like you said. And, um, I, you know, I, I put down that I felt like that deactivated the portal as because that lady in lavender, the tall man maybe, gasped like at that moment that, that it happened, that Reggie touched those. Uh, those pedestals, you know? That's right. Yeah. And so it stopped possibly uh, fucking uh, Jody getting knifed up, you know? Like, he was the next victim. But it, it stopped that. So, yeah, like I said, after all that stuff happens, uh, like I said, we start seeing almost like these violent winds start to appear outside, too. Yeah, it, the wind's everywhere. Yeah, and then Mike's outside as well, and he's yelling for, for Jody at this point. Uh, and, and then, I saw, like I, said, I saw Reggie come out through the front doors. You Like, you hear that violent humming again but it's coming from outside and the wind's just kind of howling man it's yeah it's howling outside um and then reggie's i guess he sees that lady in lavender uh on the ground like she's kind of killed over in the fetal position and so he goes to try to help her out yeah he's been a gentleman yeah i mean he's already helped out the other gals that's what he said well, yeah. i believe him i mean and he's proven it at this point apparently yeah hey. so he goes up 
and gets stabbed. He gets stabbed in the guts, man. She stabs him. That's no good. He stabs that hurts. She stabs him. That yeah, sucks. no, he's fucked. He's fucked at this point. He's trying to do, you know, uh, something, sh- you know, uh, being a gentleman, being, you know, showing chivalry, and he gets gutted, man. And once again, you get the flashes back, and he sees that it's the tall man. Tall man again. Yeah, so you, and once again, you see that, that face swapping. Is it Lady and Lavender? Is it the tall man? Maybe it's both. Who knows? But yeah, he sees it too. Just like when Tommy saw it, he's seeing it. It's happening, you know? Yeah, and he, he kills over. Like, he's fucked at this yeah. point, you know? And, yeah, I mean, it's it dug into him as well. But then the tall man, yeah, he, he pulls the knife out. Okay, yeah. Then we see uh, Mike and Jody take off in the Cuda. That's right. Yeah, and they're thinking that at this point they're like, you know, we can't go back looking for Reggie because Reggie's dead at this point. Reggie, Reggie's we don't know what happened to Reggie. To us, it looks like Reggie's dead too. Yeah, I mean, I, presumably because of that knife sticking in him, and like I said, Tom has been pretty man, good with it in the past. Yeah, yeah, he he doesn't miss his mark apparently, and he pulls a knife out. And I'm like, man, you get gutted like that, and then you get pulled back out, and you got that open wound. You're you're pretty much done for, right. you know. So, so yeah. Mike and Jody are discussing what to do. They're discussing what to do because at this point, it's just those two in it, to, you know, together at this point. Um, Reggie, I mean, yeah, they think Reggie's dead, so Mike's going to go for ammo. Yeah. And Jody's going to go, they're, they're going to set a trap, basically. Exactly. But, you know, one cool thing, too, is that we see that the, actually the, the, the funeral home, the mansion, kind of like disappears. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Like, yeah. it flashes yellow. It's almost like... It like pulses. It, it pulses. Like a, yeah, like a greenish yellow. Almost like a, I don't know, like a neonish kind of different colors mm-hmm. but yeah it disappears almost like into a who knows another dimension some hole something yeah, shit something we don't happened. know something crazy but happened. yeah it it it's gone at this point yeah and then it flashes to them you know come up with a way to to kill the tall man they're good they want to get rid of him at this point because this has gone too far so it's basically a trap they're going to try to get him to fall down a mine shaft yeah they discuss an old mine shaft that they know that has like what a thousand foot drop something yeah, of that magnitude something huge and so Jody's gonna go set that up. Yeah, there's like some kind of a some kind of safety barrier that he's gonna you know, get rid of, get rid and of, then... and mask that that shaft hole in order to get the tall man down into it. So yeah, he wants Mike to load up, get some ammo. You know, we got to get ready for this because it's going down. You know, um, so yeah, so Mike once again he goes up, uh, starts to get ammo, and I guess he's. Cl- Closing up shutters in his house to the windows. And the tall man punches through. Punches through. Like, every time Mike is alone in the house, tall, tall man's, man's there. there and shit's going down. So, Just creeping. Yeah, man. So, you know, like, tall man's back at the house. He, he knocks out that window. And it's, you know, it's like a bay window. And then, uh, you know. There's a little bit of a chase. Yeah, you see a little bit of a chase. He break, Like I said, he breaks in. Uh Jody appears at the mine at this point, so you know he's he's already there. He's already getting things set up, uh, and then I guess uh, Mike is like a, he's a little bit past that hallway, gets going back up to the stairs where the kitchen's at, and then that's when the tall man blasts that door open. Dude, in the that was kitchen. the coolest fucking thing. He did like bam. I wrote it down as tall man knocks through the door like a pimp, like a pimp man, because he's just standing there all nonchalant, but this door just fucking rocketed off its it fucking did. hinges, and he was just there. He was there, and he's just there. Uh, and, you know, and another thing, too, like I said, this is, I think the first time he says it, I mean, it might be the second, but I think this first time he says it was the, his famous phrase is, boy, you know, he says that boy uh, to Mike. Uh, so that's the first time. And then uh, then that chase pursues uh, so that, you know, Mike's running out of the house. 
tall man's running out of the house. He's chasing him. He's and leading him back to that shaft. It kind of seems like the tall man's also talking to him telepathically at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And when I said that, that's a part of that, that mind control possibly or the, the supernatural powers that he has. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, as he's chasing him <laughs> to the shaft, um, he's telling him. And I put like two, like this is another maybe a classic line from him. He tells him that he plays a good game. He's like, you play a good game, boy, but the game is finished. Now you die. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the tall man's had enough of the games. They've had enough of the games. It's about to go down, you know? So he's running. He's trying to get all the way up to that mine shaft. Yeah. And you end up hearing, like, the don't fear again and shit because he runs into some shit. Yeah, like some kind of, like, maybe quicksand or something. Yeah, it was like quicksand, and then it seemed like there might have been, like, a couple graves with, like, the hands coming up out of them. Yeah, so it's like playing on his, or preying on his fears that we saw in his dreams. And he has to get through that, and then he holds off the lady in lavender with the fucking knife. He does, because, like I said, he's using that mantra, is what I wrote it as, is the don't fear, because um, she told him it's all in his head. Maybe it is all in his head, but regardless... He's seeing it. He's interacting with these things, and it's, it's keeping them at bay, man. It's working for him, you know. Saying, "Don't fear." Then he gets up to it, jumps the shaft. Yeah, jumps the shaft. Tall man behind him. Uh, tall man falls, but he's not all the way in the shaft. Like he's in it, but he hasn't fallen all the way down. And he latches on to Mike's, I guess, jean pants and his leg, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they have a little bit of a of a tussle. Gets away. And then you see these big boulders come down from yeah, the top. Come down from this like this, you know, pretty decent hill at this point, uh, but perfectly cover up the mine shaft. Right. Well, yeah. A few of them seem like they're small enough that they would have went down after the tall man. Yeah. So you then, had a nice cushion of like smaller, and then the taller ones on top. And that tall it. one, yep, just plugs up that top. Yeah. So like I said, not only. Did that work out perfect? But it was a well-devised plan. It didn't take very long to come up with it either. No. So, you know, they cut to the chase, these guys. They have great plans. And it worked, apparently. Then you just get... You get kind of the, the weird sound, but it fades into thunder. Yeah. And a cut to, to Mike. It does. And, and like I said, I put right before that in my notes that Jody's kind of like on top of that hill... Oh, almost like a you know like he's celebrating. celebrating. Like, I almost forgot. Got That's that? Right. Got him? <laughs> Got him? <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like I said, and then it goes um, like to to where Mike is waking up in his bed, right? And you hear a thunder. And you do. You hear a thunder, and um, you know. And then I guess it's it's Mike and Reg at this point in the house, mm-hmm. and you you still see that uh, fireplace and the crackling of the fire in the background and. Uh, Mike is is talking to uh, to Reg about uh, the tall man in the shaft and the rocks won't hold. Exactly, like he's he's, he's afraid. Worried. Yeah, he is. He, he like see, even though they put that much effort into it and it worked and all that stuff, he still knows that that's not enough because that guy he like he like he told Reg earlier. He's like that's a strong mother, man. Yeah, yeah, no. He's like I heard the sounds. I know what I know what he can do. Those rocks won't hold. Exactly. And and then Reggie's it, trying to comfort him. He is, and but you know this is a, this is a part in the movie too. Like I said, it plays a little bit. I feel like with um, almost like a couple of themes we've dealt with with reality and you know illusion. Are you dreaming this? Is it real? But um, Reg kind of tells him some bad news. Reg has some bad news for Mike. And this is the first time we get the bad news as well. All right, right. We don't see Jody because apparently... Apparently Jody died in a car uh, crash about a week prior to all these events, right? So it's like 
hold on. If this did this happen the night before? Is he waking up like the night after he and and Jody? How well, has it, it been a little bit? Yeah, has it been more time in between? But like I said, because the way that that scene ends in the shaft is like they're 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 not they're not unconscious. They're not they're they're lucid. Apparently, they know they've seen all this stuff happen. But then, yeah, like I said, we see Mike waking up and Jody having to break the bad news that Mike Mike's dead. I mean, uh, yeah, that uh, Jody's dead. Excuse me. He tells yeah. Mike that Jody's dead that Jody's in a car dead. crash, and this has happened. Well, a week he's going to try to look after him. And yeah, try, and, like he can't take. He can, he'll never be able to take Jody's place, but he's going to look after him. And um, you know, probably a good thing for them at this point is a, a a change of scenery. They need to get out of this place because enough bad shit's happening. And um, I also feel like like Reg was kind of telling him that he was like this has all been a bad dream, and maybe he's imagining these events a little bit. Right, because right. of the trauma, and not only that, but you know his parents died just a couple of years ago as well. So this kid's impacted by all this trauma. Mike, Mike leaves the room. Reggie picks up a guitar, and plays a little couple of licks. Yeah, he plays a little couple of licks. You know, just kind of I guess pass the time as uh, as Mike's gathering some stuff for for their road trip. You know, because they want to get out right now. Yeah, I mean, what's and, the point of staying another night? Exactly, and. Mike goes up to his room. Yeah, Mike's in his room. Uh, picks up a photo, which is another kind of a, a reminder. You mm-hmm. know, it's Jody with his guitar and like like a little I don't know, like a little poodle, Shih Tzu, something of that, Maltese, something like that. A little little dog with him. Yeah. But it's just enough to kind of drive home the point that you know that Jody's gone, man. And he knew it too. Like he knew during that chase that he might not see Jody again. So it's you know it's playing back into that. Then he sees in the mirror. Yeah, in the corner behind. He, he kind of closes that mirror. I mean, not the mirror, but the the, the door that has the mirror has on it. Mirror on it. And then who do we see? The tall man. In the, the tall man, and like, oh sh- fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, the tall man's in the mirror in in that door, and uh, Mike, he's like, he, he's not cognizant that it's there until he comes back to it, looks into it, and. He turns. He freaks. And this is a, the tall man. And then what is the? Like, this this is my, another one of those famous lines, another famous zingers, if you want to call it that. But he looks at Mike, and once again, the boy. You mm-hmm. know, he does that, and then hands bust through the mirror. Yeah, another dwarf hands pass through the mirror, bust the mirror open, and pull Mike through into the mirror. Pull Mike through. The end. The end. The end. The end. So, with all this rambling that I know I've done. Um, you do you get you get the the end, the end. so it, it ends like i said uh once again kind of in a in a suspenseful way like um all these events did this take does this really take place or was he dreaming it because he's all these other times it's been a dream yeah exactly because jody's dreaming mike's been dreaming uh it has it has those elements in it you know um but that's how it ends and that's a famous you know creepy scene to to continue the movie on, even though there was a few, I mean, quite a few years between the first one and the second one. Uh, I think there was like maybe eight or nine years, if, okay. somewhere in between that, between the second release. But um, it's just it was a good way to end the film because what 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 what's happened, man? Right. What ha- exactly? What happened? Yeah, and, and so, there's so much that's still left oh, unanswered. Man. Exactly, and that's why I'm glad they they not only did Don Costco really carry on the franchise. Uh, but you know they follow through with with all of that. Like they're trying to uncover these answers, but you really have to pay attention to the details. Well, that uh, what it made me think is that 
even though it leaves me with questions, like, sometimes I don't like that. I mean, a lot of times well, I yeah. think people don't like that in a movie. But with this one, it makes it seem more like there's just more of a universe to explore. Exactly. At least to me. Yeah, it, because it's not, we do It's not see frustrating, that. like, why this, why that? Yeah. It's more like... You do have exploratory. Answers. Why? Why this? Why that? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like, and like, especially with the crazy, weird, like sci-fi aspect yeah. thrown in. You got the horror, especially. You know, like I said, the sci-fi element. Um, yeah. You know, is there another parallel universe going on? Maybe because he's going in and out of these planets with these portals. Which means, I mean, he's basically not supernatural so much as an alien. Yeah. Really. Exactly. Uh, is what it seems like. Just to us, it maybe appears supernatural, but not not to somebody with that technology, right? Um, so no, I God, I I, I like this movie so yeah. much. It's like I so said, good. for for me, man, it's it, it's not a long film. Like I said, it takes what it's like maybe an hour and a half long. Yeah, uh, it's, but just just so much action. I mean, not action like you know, uh, like a, a diehard film, but just just so much stuff going on where it keeps you. You know, you have to pay attention. I mean, you have it, to pay it draws attention. you in. It's it's not it's not straightforward. It's weird. Yeah, it, it is a weird. It doesn't always film. give you answers. It cuts back and forth between things a lot. Exactly. Uh, I mean, to the point where I'll have it fixed when they listen to this, but we'll give them a glimpse behind the scenes. Like we yeah. fucked up talking about it. Yeah, because like, it, we uh, skip scenes because it. And it, it does because that movie it does kind of go from you know from different flashes of different scenes. So looks at it's. Even though we, ha- I, I've got good notes. Um, you know, I was just trying to remember off the top of my head, but I, I had to look down because I was missing a lot of details. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot to it, really. You really have to pay attention, but it, it's worth it to pay attention. It is. It really it's a is. Well shot. It's fun. Like there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of good they humor. They kind of call each when all these moments when they're being kind of genre savvy and knowing that they have to prepare better uh, in this way or that, yeah. or they're trying to lay out plans like. Their dialogue between each other is kind of fun and kind of it is, uh, not super quippy towards each other, but they're no. they're not like not taking zingers when they can and shit. Exactly. No, I mean, like I said, it's it's good dialogue. It keeps the the story moving. They don't leave a lot of fodder, so to speak, when they have those interactions. Like I said, it's very <laughs> everything's planned out really well between the characters. Um, that's what I said. They don't they don't play any bullshit. Uh, even when they question it, they need some logic behind it, and once they do, they go with it. You know, yeah, the, and the, which is neat to see in yeah. an horror movie. Um, yeah, plus, Mike's a badass. Plan. Yeah, exactly. Watch and, it for Mike. Yeah, watch it for Mike. Um, it, one person I, I do like to love um, throughout the franchise is Reggie. Reggie's a badass too, man. Especially once he starts getting that that uh, later on in the series, he gets a, a, a sawed-off shotgun. Mm-hmm. Still got the Cuda, um, but because he's been through all that stuff. He's a little bit behind Mike and Jody in, in the badass department, but he still carries his weight in gold. Right. You know. But uh, yeah, like I said, for for me growing up, and then um, you know having the chance to watch those on like VHS, and uh, getting to watch the second one, I remember like getting anticipated. The only difference between that though is they used uh, different actors to play uh, Mike at that point. Okay. I don't know if it was because of, of contract disputes or you know what Whatever. what have you. Uh, that's the only time in the franchise that they they have different characters. But everybody else huh. in the franchise, the tall man, uh, Inga Scrim, uh, Jody's not in. Uh, I mean, he's not as prevalent in, in some of the latter ones as he is in the first one, but he still plays roles throughout. Okay. 
Um, and like I said, it's more focuses on Mike and, and Reggie Mike throughout. And yeah, that's mostly they become the more focal characters throughout the series, along with, of course with the tall man. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is this is one that I can always go back to. It brings back good memories. Uh, just a fun film, you know. Like I said, it has so many elements of the occult, sci-fi, you know, good horror, suspense. Yeah, I guess I love this movie. It's really great. I yeah, know, and I'm I'm really glad to have really gotten the the excuse to go back through it again. Yeah. Too, as I am with uh, our next movie, oh, because man, like we said, we won't always have it planned out yeah. but once again in this case we do yeah we did this them i think we yeah we we uh we agreed that we needed something a little bit more high budget something that you know can appeal to across a wide range well, i don't know this movie artists. gets weird it is weird but i feel like it, it, it had more and of a kind of dark at times but it was uh, more accessible visually yeah. visually it's far beyond Beautiful. any of these other movies we've done so it far is. and next week or not next week, but next episode anyway, we will be doing The Cell. And I'm looking forward to it. The Cell is, is a, such a great, beautifully shot movie. It's J-Lo. J-Lo. And Jenny from the Block. Jenny from the Block. And she she does a good job, man. She, Jenny from The Cell. Yeah, man. She did a... The Cell Block. The Cell Block. Jenny she from needs Cell to, Block. She needs, to go to, she needs to go to prison. She could be Jenny from The Cell Block. See? I like it. She uh, no, matter, no matter what, she has a way in. Uh, but yeah, she did uh, quite a few films I thought were pretty decent, man. Yeah. Uh, no, she's. I think she's like Money Train and stuff like that. She's a definitely a competent actress. Yeah, she uh, holds her own. I mean, there's there's some movies that I could do without, but you know, she's not bad. But, but this film, she that'll be coming up does next. A great job. Well, I'm really excited to get back into that. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, you can contact us by emailing us, uh, fried or no squirmcast, squirmcast yeah, at gmail dot com. That's s q u i r m c a s t at gmail dot com. Uh, you can go like us. Please go like us on our Facebook. That would yeah, be we awesome. got a Facebook page as well. We're, we're probably going to be doing a lot of like the keeping people updated on what yeah. we're doing through Facebook. Well, since, we'll be interactive since so many people use it. Exactly. Um, I mean, maybe some other social platforms to come, but the Facebook's there right now. And that's at uh, Fried Squirms. That's our yeah. Just Facebook search for page. us, Fried Squirms. It's not. I mean, I believe I, nothing else should pop up. Nothing nah. else is even close. <laughs> I don't think right? so. Like, no. Um, what else? We do have a website. Yeah, we've got uh, a website up. You can go to www.friedsquirms.com uh, and listen to us there. Yeah, we've got streamable. a few episodes up now. Yeah, it's it's going to be embedded because you can always, if you use SoundCloud. Yep, we have ways to access SoundCloud. We're there to find us, Fried Squirms, obviously. Yep. Uh, we just... Uh, and we should be on iTunes shortly, nice, and maybe yeah. other things here soon to come. And we'll keep yeah, you updated. We're we're trying that. to make it, um, you know, it, ways to, to where we can, uh, you know, reach a, a broad audience. Why not? Yeah, we want to make it easy for you, whichever way you like to get this kind of media. Yeah, and we will keep uh, looking to expand all those ways to make it easy. So, exactly, uh, that's yeah. what we have right now. Yeah, if you we, want to hit us up? That would be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, so like I said, uh, give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, let us know ways we can improve. If that's if that's the case. Some movies that you want to recommend to us, and uh, you know, if you just want to drop in and say hello, just let us know. Looking forward to it. That's about it. Uh, so for this episode of Fried Squirms, I guess I've been Tyler. I'm Danny. Still, uh, um, happy Halloween once happy again. Happy Halloween. Yeah, like I said, if you guys uh, are that's out, that's about all I have to say for this one yeah. because it's Halloween. Happy it, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Hope have you a good guys night. Enjoyed it. Exactly. Because you're not going to hear this till it's far past Halloween. Nah, but in the meantime, <laughs> we hope you had a great one. Yeah. See ya. Good night.